Alrighty, we are going. Welcome to the Master Movie Podcast. Ah! Uh, yeah, we are. Uh, Oofta. Oofta. Um, boy, we got, we got a spicy one. This is a. a this is. We got a spicy one. Is that's we got something in the book of Henry here. The wheel, the final wheel before the the next series wheel dictated. We watch um, the book of Henry, and yeah, Colin, Colin, Trevor, Colin Trevorrow got fired for a reason. Yeah. I, again, I don't. I uh, I think he got fired. I I think he got fired for Fallen Kingdom, honestly, because like this isn't his baby. This isn't his story. It is crazy that he like pushed for this movie for as long as it was. It was a passion project for him, despite the fact he didn't write it. So yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe he just kept. Maybe it was like M Night Shyamalan's The Happening. Like people were like, "No, this is bad," and he's like, "I really want to make this," and they're like, "You know what? Just you suck at this." It's like <laughs> as a whole, it's like fire festival movies. Yeah, it's not. It's not like he can't. I, there's some things about this that I like, and I'll go into that later, but, like, I don't think the du- the direction is not the problem. The problem is the thought that he could direct this at all. The fact that he yeah. thought anybody would enjoy this. Right. That, that's this, that's this um, quieting. That, that's what's making people nervous. Shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Before we get into the movie, let's talk about some news. Um, let's see here. Jabrams uh, signed with signed a mega deal, whatever that means, with Warner Media. It's supposed to affect a few of his um, a few projects he was working on. Um, what else? I mean, I know he still has his hand in Star Wars, Star Trek, and people are like meddling around what to do with that. Right. Also, not. also, people are there are some people who are speculating that he's going to be the Kevin Feige of the DC universe. Um, not sure how I feel about that. Actually, uh, I mean. No one's ever going to be the Kevin Feige of anything ever again. No. That's, that's the thing for it. Like, they tried to do that with... I get the idea of having someone as a filmmaker oversee your film universe. That's fine. I think J.J. Abrams can do that. I think he's worked in television and in other um, properties long enough. Franchises, things that envelop in giant universes. I think he can do that. Think he can go from project to project and be like, you've got. He's worked in TV long enough and worked many shows and spun a lot of plates. I think he's fine with at least making sure that what is going on is entertaining and working properly. Um, I, I I don't always necessarily like his the tools he uses, like the mystery box theory or how he thinks a mystery will guide an audience and if you just don't care about it and move your story along, then the audience will eventually let it go, which they never ever do. Um, so stuff like that kind of worries me, but also it's superhero stuff. So that stuff can get answered very easily. It's just whether or not you're compelling and interesting. And I think, I think he's created problems in the Star Trek movies 
but I don't, and even on the TV show that's out now, but I don't think that he um, made a bad Star Wars movie. I think he understood what it was and brought new stuff in and gave old stuff life again. Um, not a fan of the story being a rehash, but at the end of the day, he's the guy who plays it safe. And when he plays it safe, people like it and they go back to his stuff and they enjoy it. So I don't, I don't see a problem with him trying to do what Zack Snyder did, but because he's, he knows how to please everyone and care about that, that aspect, not just sell a product, but sell something that people could watch and enjoy. Uh, Zack Snyder was like, I'm going to build something and you're going to like it. And nobody liked it. And they just kept, <laughs> nope. giving him money. They just kept giving him money. And it was like, I, I I feel bad how it ended for him because he deserves the right to create Justice League in the vision he had it. It's just a hodgepodge of two different styles meshed up into this Frankenstein. It's interesting to see just as a studio product, but at the end of the day, like he deserves to finish his movie. But I don't like his movies, and that sucks. It sucks for a lot of people. Not a lot of people like those movies. They didn't want his vision. And I think J.J. Abrams can make something that people like that is the actual good representation of the product it was. Like, he made a good Star Wars movie because it's a good Star Wars movie. He understood Star Wars and he made it. Like, he understood what the Mission Impossible series was and he brought that into the film series. He, like, you watch the TV show and he brought the group element and how the, a mission comes together. Like, the third one is a very good representation of what the TV show used to be. But, I, and I don't think he'll, like, just throw away comic fans. He'll probably look at the material, see what it is, and represent it as is. Um, he's just a play it safe kind of guy, and that's why I'm not necessarily the biggest fan because Marvel is always tipping the line between playing it safe and uh, being a populist. And sometimes they don't make it. Sometimes it's just bland concrete or an Ant Man sequel, and you're like, okay, I'll wait till the next movie. They can't keep doing that forever. Uh, and if they put someone in safe in DC, I mean, I don't know if I'll enjoy that. But if he's in there to make sure that the directors that he gives um, jobs to, the same ability that they've been giving already with Shazam, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. Like, they gave those directors free reign to make the movie they wanted to make without anything tying them down. And someday that's not going to be possible. J.J. Abrams is the one who's around and, like, helping people in the fold and making sure that the product still has an identity while at the same time representing this new DCCU properly. That I think he'll be a friendlier voice to talk to about that than Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder is probably one-minded and uh, just a bro. He just seems like a bro. And uh, I don't think they need a bro right now. I think they need a nerd. And that's a big difference. That's an entirely different attitude. Yeah. Um yeah, 500 million for bad robot. Wow. Whew. That's well, good. that uh water tower is going to taste a little sweeter now. Um especially since those animaniacs are still showering in there. Yeah, yeah, that's disgusting. Um that's how the cartoon works. So, what else before I get I to my life by the fact of cartoons? Yeah, uh, um, I want to talk about um, 
Brian Singer lost his movie, which is great. Um, which movie was it going to be? Red, a remake of Red Sonia. They got a female ah. to do it. Um, which I'm all about. Like, pick a good actress to come in and kill it, and pick a good director to come in and make it a fantasy film, a proper one. Good. Yeah. Don't make it like the last Conan the Barbarian movie just because she's in the same universe. Like, reboot this stuff. Let her have her own identity. Um, but also, Brian Singer's just been skating along for so long. Uh, even even if you take the accusations uh, and allegations out of the picture, just like he's just he's lazy. He's not even really there for his movies, and yet his movies are still getting awards. And like people are sick of it. And good, I'm glad. And then the other person was Max Landis. Ma- uh, Max- oh yeah, that that's right. Oh my god. I uh, first of all, that's a terrible, terrible story, and I'm, you know, those eight women are brave to come out and like say something about it. A lot of them are anonymous; some of them are not, and they don't want their names to be forever attached to this guy, considering their careers and also just their lives. But uh, I liked some of his movies. I wasn't a fan of Bright, but there's a couple of them. There's a couple of lines, and there's a couple of moments and scenes that I've liked in his work. But overall, I'm not surprised. The interviews that I see and the Twitter stuff, like he just seems like a very arrogant uh, pushover, just a bully. Oh yeah, in the basic oh, yeah. basis of sense. I mean, not not to mention everything else that the women are actually like saying he did. Um, so I hope he goes to jail, and I hope the millions of scripts he still has in production, including Bright Two, um, burn him, burn him. Yeah, I say burn him into the furnace. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but there's a lot. Of, it's not just him. Like um, American Ultra. I don't think that's a terrible movie. I think it has great moments in it, and I certainly think that Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart are great in it. I think I've always thought they've had good chemistry. And there's a Sam Rockwell Anna Kendrick movie that they did called Mr. Right about a hitman and a woman who falls in love with him. And like, there's great moments, and they are great in it. Like he can make good buddy movies um i don't think bright's one of them but he has made good low budget buddy movies before and he's and it sucks people are now going to have to go back to him and be like oh well this is a lot of these really disgusting misogynistic lines in here make a lot of sense now it just sucks uh bright is on our bad wheel by the way it's everybody it's on there uh we have to rethink I mean, that one. Again, that's just like that's that's an art an artist uh, conversation because he did write it, but I'm sure he wasn't on set every day. I'm sure they just bought the script and were like, "We're just going to make this movie." And then there was a production crew and a director and a whole other group of people making terrible mistakes. Um. Yeah. So. Oh man, I remember Max Landis was like he was a, like a huge like jerk when The Force Awakens came out because he was like he was kind of like the face of the, the hatred behind it. Kind yeah, of. Yeah, he's the one who kind of. I don't. He didn't make up the phrase Mary Sue. He didn't originate it, but he's the one who originated it in that debate. He's the one who brought it to the table for sure. Which. uh... I don't. I don't think it's true. It's uh, not. Don't don't ever say that again. It's not true. 
It never was, and it's disgusting. I didn't say it was true. I was saying it. I I don't think it's true. I don't even need to say that. There's not. There's no debate. It's like if someone said, "Is the Earth flat to you?" No, no. (laughs) I don't believe the Earth is. No, you don't need to say that. No. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to trigger you like that. I'm telling you, I'm I'm telling you people, people will, I'm telling you, man, you're going to talk to somebody about this and they're going to be like, but you did at one point. Like, does, does that mean that's, that, that there's an argument? No, that's mu- as much for them as it is for you. The people who hear this that actually believe that there is no thinking. There is no belief. You cannot be convinced, Chris. You shouldn't be convinced. She's not a Mary Sue. She's just like a Star Wars character. Luke was the same thing. It's not even that countless other dudes have been that. Countless other times and countless other movies, and no one's made the argument until someone got a penis did it. So <laughs> it just <laughs> <isn't> it. And <laughs> I don't think she's one. No, don't start with that. No, you okay. know. Okay. 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 We're moving on. Come on. Come on. Okay. Do not stand <laughs> rhetoric of this man. Like, if you read the article of those women, like it really makes a lot of sense, dude. He, dude, he did some disgusting things. Oh man, okay. Bad things. Bad things. Like this okay. is coming, That's the thing. It's coming from a place of hate from a guy who genuinely, it turns out, hated women. So it's like, whoa. Like when a person comes to the table and it's like, that's a Mary Sue. It's like, well, how do you genuinely think about women, bro? And then a lot of people who happen to think the same way as him carried that out and are still carrying it out like i I, i'm i i'm joking around and everything and yeah like if you want to debate about the movie about what she's good at and whether that's just lazy lead character writing and just plot mechanics sure like we'll watch the movie again one day and i'm sure to have i'll have that discussion with you but like at the end of the day when it comes to this like we need to just wipe that off the table because where it came from was a real hateful place and now we're going to be like this guy wasn't even coming in with an argument he just hates women. And now we have proof. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, I think we know she's not a Mary Sue, bro. Like, let's okay. just not use the phrase Mary Sue anymore. Is okay. she a bad lead character? Is the performance bad? That's that's the kind of stuff I'm willing to go into and have a conversation with. Like, I don't want to give that name any more power. Ugh. <laughs> <coughs> okay. Okay. It, you know I didn't what? mean to set you Other, off. I wanted to no, say it for the you movie. You know what? Chris, because it was bothering me in the movie we were watching tonight. Ah, uh, okay, 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 okay. You know what? Do you know what Max Landis was had had in the works to make? Like what? A Pepe Le Pew movie. Do you remember? Oh my god! It's been so long. I Do you basically remember what those cartoons were. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm cringing so hard. Yeah. Oh man, I gotta take a breath. Mm-hmm. Art and who makes it matters. That's like the. That's kind of what I've come to today because I've been watching a lot of David Lynch stuff. It's Twin Peaks. And so like a lot of people are watching it again. And a big theme in that show is abuse 
and in, incestual abuse and the effects it has, how it's like a shattering splinter of glass and it affects everyone in a town. It's just, it's a theme in the show. They don't shy away from it and they, they make it what it is when it's a part of the show. They try to put supernatural elements into it, but even that's a theme because that's what victims do. They go to another place so they don't have to be there in the moment when it happens. It's totally victimization uh, uh, psychology. It's just, it's really well placed in the drama. It's not here in the movie we watched it all. Um, I think there's an earnestness in everything that they were doing. It didn't belong in this movie. Uh, and then you have someone like Max Landis trying to make something like that and trying to make it normalized. And you're just, it's just, it's a lot for one day. Hmm. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> I mean, oh, in man. a fun way. I like talking about it. Like, it's not angering me like i can i can still joke around and stuff but it's just like when you think about it from all these different perspectives it's because how could you like how could i not watch this movie and not like critically think it to death it's it's i don't know what happened here and it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) um so much stuff is insane um let's see here Oh yeah, so Keanu Reeves, that guy. Um, well, people are calling the internet's boyfriend. Um, I'm glad he's such a he's the he is the comeback, comeback, comeback kid. Every time he comes back, we love him more, and I love it. Like, I'm for it. He's he has had. It's not even like he's gone away. He's just it's, he always has been famous. Like no one ever thought he would be so bad that we would just ignore him like some movie stars we have from the eighties or nineties. Like he just, he, he has stuck it out. And every time he does, it's great. It's awesome. Who has that kind of resurgence? I don't like, I don't know. He's like, he's like, he's like the embodiment of the sitcom neighbor that always comes back and he's just like, Hey, everyone's like, Hey, we love you. And then he's just like, I'm going to go home. And you're like, yeah, I'll see you later. And then he comes back later in the show and you're like, that guy's awesome. So Marvel's eyeing him for a role in the Eternals. I've heard about this for a long time. Now, I don't know what I don't know exactly what character everybody's speculating he's going to play. I'm trying to figure that out right now. Let's go to let's not go to YouTube. Um I did see an article on AV Club that literally the title was Okay, fine, let's all have fun pretending who he's going to be like it literally the title was a joke about that but it did have the speculations in it and i didn't read them because i do know uh, enough about the eternals to be like anybody could be them they could pick out any eternal and until i know who's going to be in the movie and what characters they are and i can do some research on them then i'm kind of open to it it's kind of like guardians like i didn't know who the guardians were and then when i looked it up i was like oh yeah all these people are great so i i there was there was one character that I thought would be pretty cool, but I don't know if he's an Eternal, and that was the like universe, like literally universe, the embodiment of the universe, like a physical human <laughs> being with the flesh of the universe. It's crazy, um, and it's very, um, it's very at least when I think about it, like Doctor Manhattan, um, Day After Tomorrow kind of stuff. Like when he played the alien from that movie, it's very sort of like 
your race is bothering me. I need to go home. Just very sort of Keanu about it. I could see him doing that here, but I don't know if that's an eternal or not. Um, so I'm looking on Gizmodo. I'm going to go through the ah, comments trusty. here. Trusty Gizmo. Um, so. The captain. My Show captain. more comments. Let me keep them. Oh, captain, my captain. Yeah. Um, they pose. Hopefully they include the scene where he introduces himself to Steve and wakes up in a dumpster with a cake of soap shoved <laughs> in his mouth. Wow. That's a comic reference that I don't get, but um, I liked that out I, of context. <laughs> I that comic either, but I want to read it. Um, Adam Warlock, some people are saying. Oh, yeah, he's the guy that they teased at the end of Guardians 2. Yes. He was supposed to be in Infinity War because he's in the Infinity War comic, but they decided to make that Captain Marvel and kind of yeah. take out all the philosophical stuff because all the all the entities come in in the comics, like all the big ones, and they start like spouting like otherworldly Shakespearean, like they're like just above it all, but he still beats them. And it would have been really cool to see that, but I guess I want to say it for later for somebody else, maybe Galactus or something. But he, yeah, that's the next suggestion was Galactus. I think, no, I don't think he would be a good Galactus. I think he'd be a better Adam Warlock. Because I don't know a lot about what he is as a character outside of that comic. And in that comic, he's basically the foil to Thanos. So I, Thanos is walking around being like, I want to get this woman with this glove. Warlock, who is the other, like, <laughs> seer, like he's old son. He's just like, dude, like, you're going crazy. Like, give me the stones, bro. And he's like, "Yeah, I don't want to. And he's like... Well, I'm just going to stay here until the universe is dead or you give him up. So, <laughs> And then people so, would walk up and they'd be like, what is he doing? He's like wielding unimaginable power. And Warlock would just stand there and be like, man, I wouldn't cross him. <laughs> He'll put your head people, in the box. People were also speculating that Zac Efron would be Adam Warlock. That'd be a young Adam Warlock. But I guess since he is coming out of a cocoon and he is kind of like vision in the sense that he's... Ooh. He'd be like born again, like he like he he could say like the "I was born yesterday" line. That that's the thing. He's coming out of a cocoon, uh, fully grown, and it sounds like he, they want to keep him young still, and maybe keep him around for other movies. That's the thing. If you cast young, ish, because Efron's young ish, but he's young, um, considerably when you think about like Downey Jr. and Ruffalo and all them, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's a good age to cast for. I think that's a person you want to get in. He's uh, he's built. He's funny. I don't know. Yeah, you know what? After watching the Neighbors movies, there's something, there's something about him in the two Neighbors movies that's otherworld. Like he's a, there's some he. I don't know. It, it he could be a serial killer, but he also could be the coolest dude you ever know. And like he could be smart, but he's also incredibly dumb. And uh -oh. <laughs> there's something about it that's crazy. People are getting outside of the Eternals. Like I'm seeing like. Um, Doctor Doom. Hell Let's yeah! He'd be a great Doctor Doom. Um, uh, not not Black Adam. I'm sorry, Namor. I could see, see Namor for sure. Yeah, Silver I Surfer. Cool. I don't think so. Silver Surfer. Uh, no. The point is, is his age. Yeah. He, he can't be around forever, but he still he still can do physical stuff. He loves doing physical stuff. He's not Tom yeah. Cruise. But he'll throw himself off a building, but he's in shape and he'll work out <laughs> and he'll do the skills to look cool doing it. 
but they also don't want him to like spout great lines and everything. So right. I think the idea of him being like an alien that's been around for a bit would make sense, but not somebody that they want to keep around for other movies. Like Namor would be a guy you'd want to keep around for other movies. Right. Like, <laughs> like that's why the Efron thing would be cast young with Warlock to keep him around a bit, but like Keanu's got probably another five years in him and even then like he's gonna make another john wick so he's gonna have his body in good shape yeah where does he want to push himself to he's probably not going to be another iron man or no. certainly not captain america despite the fact that Heck like now jack that's what the john wick movies are he's oh and crap Ooh. ghost rider uh i think that they already have a ghost rider ah yeah they do it's but not on the not on the uh not on the cinematic scale. No, I well, A, they tried it in the movies before, and B, he has a fan base on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and he's getting his own show on Hulu. So they may be ditching the Netflix stuff, but he is still technically part of the MCU. <laughs> someone commented, Punisher? But instead of killing his family, someone killed his dog. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's great. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't think he's another. Like, I feel like Punisher and John Wick are too similar. Um, I think the Punisher is too similar to Keanu's life. That's yeah. Probably, I, because like he doesn't deserve to have to. He doesn't need to have to be in a movie where every other scene is the guy being reminded about his wife and son being gone, his wife and child being gone. Like that's. He's fighting through that every day in his life. A dog is different, and a wife dying of cancer is different. He's a man who's understood grief, and he understands the silliness of an assassin killing everyone for a dog. He gets the silliness in that. Um, the world is what makes the other movies great. The pushing him, pushing this kind of guy to his limits is why the other movies are great. But Punisher's too close to his real life, I would think, for him to even want to do it. Hmm. That's pretty much it. It's just like people are just clamoring Namor or Silver Surfer or Doctor Doom. That's pretty much. I would work. love a Doctor Doom. I think he could. I think I. I think Keanu Reeves wants to play a villain. I think he wants to play those kind of characters. He's played them before. He directed a movie where he was the villain. Um, so I think he wants to do that for sure. And he's actually not bad in it. Um, the movie's okay, uh, which makes his okayness proper. Uh, I. <laughs> I think he would make a great Doctor Doom. He gets to hide behind a mask. He gets to just kind of have a ball. And I, I, would, I, think, it's, I think he's got a good energy for it. Like, yes, he's got the California thing about him, but he's also a little bit weird that if you just gave him a bit of an accent or just made his voice a bit darker, you could go with the whole Latvia thing. But I, I think he would make a good uh, Doctor Doom more than any other, like, villain. Because, like, Jake Gyllenhaal is an interesting actor. Put him in a like an um, interesting villain, but really a villain that's a vi- every a villain of the week type villain, and that's what Mysterio is. Like he has an interesting backstory that you can play with, but it's also not that in depth. And once he reaches his peak of I'm a criminal, he's a criminal. So they can do whatever they want with it. But I'd say I the closest, it, the closest that yeah, go ahead. No, I just think that's Adam Warlock as a hero. Um, uh, Doctor Doom is a villain. Yeah, the the closest to Eternals though, because he's everybody keeps the the story is that he's going to be in Eternals, 
with Angelina Jolie, apparently. So I think the closest to Eternals that everybody's getting at is Eternity. That's the guy I'm talking about. Yeah. Not universe, but Eternity. It's like his body is his body is the universe. It's great. Which would make so much sense, honestly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like Dr. Manhattan meets Alien. So, like, it's... I think he would be good for it. He He's done that stuff before, and I've appreciated it because the movie wasn't good enough, but he was good at it. Um, oh, yeah. Let's see what our next story is. The Spider-Man Far From Home um, early reactions are in. Oh, are they? Yeah, they are in. The early reactions, not the reviews yet. I want to watch Rushmore. Um <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen Rushmore? Um, I feel like I've heard of it. Shoot. Okay, no, I, you haven't seen it. But, like, it, uh, Rushmore reminds me a lot of what we watched today. But there's a joke. Um, it's <laughs> uh, So this kid is in love with his teacher, and he writes a play. And it's not for her. He just is a very smart kid, like the kid in this movie. But he's, like, 18. And uh, he's sitting at this table, and the play's over. And the teacher's there, and she's brought a date with her, and the date is Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson has obviously just come back from his job as, like, a nurse or a, a surgeon of some sort. And he hasn't said anything at the table because, like, this kid is just, like, staring daggers at him. And he just goes, uh, I like your nurse's uniform, guy. And Luke Wilson goes, oh, these are OR scrubs. And the kid goes, oh, are they? And Bill Murray, who's also in the movie, just out of nowhere, just chokes on his food. <laughs> <laughs> watch Rushmore it's a great joke it's one of my favorite jokes it's horrible to explain but at the same time it's a good reason to tell someone to go see Rushmore um, but yeah Spider-Man Far From Home it's, it seems to be very positive so far um, apparently somebody said best uh Best Spidey yet. Mm. Somebody said that. I'm trying to find... Somebody will say that. Somebody's Somebody always... will. Um, always says that, yeah. Somebody always says that. Well, no, if it's good. I mean, I don't think anybody was really saying that earnestly with The Amazing Spider-Man. But yeah. I think after, the, after like, Homecoming, I was like, okay, yeah, he's good. He's not the best, but he's good. You can make a good argument for why he's, like, a solidly entertaining Spider-Man and the movie is good, for sure. But yeah. not best buddy yet. So I and also these are Marvels and people love Marvel. And he was in Civil War. Like people love this guy. So I'm a little like right when it comes out. I don't know, but just Spider Man Two is a classic. Um. So yeah, it's really. Um, it's really, apparently it's really good. We should stay in our seats till the very end. So there's some post-credit content that we're probably not going to want to miss. I've been hearing that a lot, too. Well, did you also hear that they were putting, um, in, they were putting yes. in the theaters? I was, was going to segue into that. I was going to segue into that. Ah, uh, that, I, I don't know if that's going to be in the new DVD or the Blu-ray release or whatever the online release they do is. I, because I, I don't know when that is. But I it's months from now. I feel like it's I feel like it's close. But the, my guess would be if it's months from now, that means this version is in the theater for a few months, 
and that they can put it in there and time it with homecoming because the whole point is this is supposed to be the epilogue but i have a feeling like like spider-man wasn't supposed to be the epilogue it just sort of like they are they're tying up the loose ends of the responses that people had of endgame and infinity war so it just doesn't feel right doesn't feel like proper i feel like they're just sort of mending fences here and i think it's interesting what do you think they're going to put in there uh they said it was post-credit content it wasn't going to be like content strewn throughout the movie so but it's also i feel like the content they're putting in there even as post-credit is to answer two things that people said about endgame not necessarily critical stuff but just maybe to fill in information that people didn't get and that's the whole point of homecoming being the the last movie of the phase what could they possibly put in there i can't I feel like endgame covered a lot of ground can i tell you a really fun theory that i've heard about spider-man i don't think it's true but i thought it was a fun theory jay chillinall is an older peter parker <laughs> they spider <-verse>. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Um, doesn't make any sense, but I like it. Just as an idea, it's fun and stupid. But like, if he's an older Peter Parker, does he lose his spider powers and then become a like a fake hero that way? Like, why does he look like a villain? You know how to design things well. Um. It's just a, I don't believe it. But yeah, it's stupid. That actually does remind me of something I thought up um, a few weeks ago. Um, it's 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 a fun, stupid theory. Um, but what if John Wick actually exists in the universe of the Matrix, and John Wick is actually Neo in a new simulation, <laughs> and they killed his dog? <laughs> Like, Neo's trapped in another simulation in the Matrix. That's super funny. <laughs> Trinity was a dog. <laughs> oh, man. I just thought, like, that's really weird. It would explain all the Matrix references and all the Matrix people in the movies, but... I mean... But beyond that, it just doesn't <laughs> hold any ground at all. It... it, it I, I just find it funny that you could say that about any movie that Keanu yeah. is in. <laughs> any movie. Lake House. Replicas. A lot of, dude, there you go. <laughs> watch God, I love to watch it. Okay, like, seriously. That, that theory just works with the, any Keanu movie. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like, Hardball. Neo, Hardball. like when Neo died, his body made copies and they're spread out across different simulations. Yeah, dude. The day after tomorrow, <laughs> the, the Shakespeare movie he did, Dracula, all of them. <laughs> I don't have it up. Just keep them coming. Parenthood. Um, okay. Parenthood. Dude, if he was Neo in Parenthood, oh, God. <laughs> I love it. Back to, <laughs> Back to Willow. Okay. Um... But you brought it to the table, man. Now I can. I did. I know, right? <laughs> Once it's in your head, now you can't stop thinking about it. Do you remember that time Neo woke us all up when we were on that bus that wouldn't break because it would explode from a bomb? And Trinity was Sandra Bullock. 
<laughs> Mr. Smith was Dennis Hopper? I don't get it. Um okay. 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 <laughs> and now and now and now the Marvel movies are gonna be a part of that theory now. <laughs> yes. I love it. So especially, especially if he's like the embodiment of the like literally his flesh of the uh, like stars and galaxies. That just is so that's so neo. Um let's see here. Man. What do you put in there? What? Like, Endgame covered Endgame covered a lot of ground. What do you add to that? Well, I think people were having questions about what the time travel stuff, probably. But what do you what do you what do you show to explain some of that? Like, what do you show? It's got to be. It's. I like that you say show because it is a visual medium. Like they could do a lot of things, but I, I. It has to in some way. I don't know if it necessarily has to because it's not that he's he's not like a sci-fi guy. He's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He is. He doesn't get to use his smarts as much as he has to web crawl. That's the thing. Uh, yeah. I yeah, I don't know. If, like, it, it depends on what Mysterio brings to the table. If he really is, because he says he's from a different... They put that in the trailer. Like, multiverses is in the stuff. They're talking about it. So that's my guess. They're, they're fixing the things that people don't understand and weren't expressed clearly in Endgame, and they're going to just tell us where they're going with it. You've got to like give us a direction. If we're all sitting here going, is it multiverse? Is it future past? Is it split up? What's going on? Like they put in a couple things in there probably that are like, hey, here's a shot of maybe they do put a scene of Steve Rogers giving the stone to Red Skull. Maybe people have talked about it so much they were like, screw it, let's do it. What if they show? What if they show a scene with Loki and the Power Stone? After he teleported from New York. That would make more sense because it would also connect with the show. And they've also, like, some some footage has leaked from there showing him in the 70s of some sort. Uh, I think whatever it is, it's going to be connected to Spider-Man. And I think all of it is to just sort of culminate. This, this was never going to end until it was uh, available on Blu-ray of some sort and all the special features were out. Yeah. That was going to be the final thing. And I think this is their last gasp for, for breath in the money pit. So they can overtake Avatar, <laughs> which they own. They will. They will now that they've done this. Now that they're saying you get to see it again in theaters and with new material. And guess what? Spider-Man's coming back with a new movie all of his own. Like, we're just going to take our three theaters and just stay back in the corner of your movie theater and just do our thing some more. Um, because guess what, folks? Star Wars is coming soon. Uh, don't even get me started. Don't even like get me started on that. Disney is getting this shit out the way. Summer, summer is the last dying breath of Marvel and Marvel big budget movies, and then they want us to sit in our homes and watch our sci-fi and get prepared for Star Wars. They want people to bundle up and get prepared to like watch ten. 11 movies before they go see another one. Oh man, dude. Why did you have to go to Star Wars? Uh. <laughs> and it makes me it makes me laugh because like I was watching 
I was watching a thing about people watching the Star Wars, the holiday special for fun. And God dang it. It was, it was red letter media. And then I forgot that they put an episode on where it's 40 minutes of them talking about other stuff than the special. And then they have to post another one that's 40 minutes long where it's like, okay, we're really going to talk about it now. And then they do. And I was just like, that's super funny. Because it's just time. People are talking. To, when Marvel's over, it's going to be time. Yeah. Oh. Not the special, I mean just Star Wars. It's going to be everywhere. Yeah. Um, okay. I think there's one more. It's part of, it's part of the movie tonight, too. I mean, yeah. the, guy wrote it, the guy directed this wrote it. So. Um, okay. So, last story. Um, if I can get, if I can find it again. There we go. So, the impossible happened a few months ago. Netflix announced that they own, that they got the license to stream Neon Genesis Evangelion, the 1995 um, anime hit, and my personal favorite anime. And really, I think so. Yeah, I've I've given it some thought, Alex. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not. When you say it's your personal favorite, that's different than saying it's the best ever. I'm not trying to like criticize that. I just didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Right. So they released it today in North America. Mm. At least I don't know if they released it everywhere. Um, Yeah, it's Friday. Today's the day where they released new stuff. They made some changes. Least of all being, they changed the outro uh, um, from Fly Me to the Moon to something else. Um, I do not know what this is. I am not looking forward to seeing that or hearing that Um, because that sucks. Um, I'll just just have the song ready ready on my phone or something. Oh, Mm. would have been nice. Yeah, so, but uh, not my hill to die on. But apparently, but apparently, all the other, uh, um, a lot of the stuff like that people are talking about that they're angry with, it's like dialogue changes and key, like, key, like, famous lines got changed from the original dub and the subtitle translations. And people aren't exactly happy with it. Um, who's so hill? Me... Go ahead. Well, well, I want to just clarify something. Are they saying that they redid a whole new dub, or they just went into this dub and they surgically did a patch job to it? They base from what I can tell. I haven't been able to um look at it. I haven't been able to look at it, but it looks like they did a. I want to say it's. I want to say it's closer to the patch job. Yeah, it's of, like... uh, they re they recasted the English um, um, voice actors, which I was kind of disappointed with. Oh, um, so maybe they did a new dub. Yeah, they just apparently. But I'm giving it a chance. My Smart. me my, myself personally, I'm giving it a chance. Smart. Shouldn't be this close to the mic. I'm giving it a chance because apparently it was licensing issues. Because apparently Netflix Japan owns most of the rights, 
to those original dubs and subtitle translations. So Netflix North America had to make some changes of their own. And everybody's complaining that it's not the same. But me personally, I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm willing to give them grace because it's like, it's a licensing issue. That's the, it couldn't be helped. You know, it's legality yeah. and all that. That's just something yeah. that that happens all the time, you know. So I'm I'm willing to give it I'm willing to give it a uh, I'm willing to give it a chance once I get around to it. That's cool. Yeah, like I one of my favorite shows was put out on DVD and they didn't get around to their third one because of licensing because there's a lot of like musicians that would come on it and, and music that they played that was original. So when they put out the other two seasons, they had to play only of handful of songs and replace those in scenes so you would have to get used to a harmonica riff that plays a lot and i forgive it because i still love the show and for now that's all i have you have an option where you can see both things but at the same time i do think that there's probably other things that this that this version will add to it i mean i would probably say that if it is on a level of star wars where Lucas came in and fixed a bunch of ridiculous stuff all over the board, whether it was... There's one instance of that. There's one instance of that that everybody's pointing out. But go ahead. Well, that's the thing. If that's that's kind of the level of what we're talking about here, but the meat of the the animal is still there. The meat of the show is still there. You're still watching. You still get in the vibe. Like, they didn't didn't change all of the crazy stuff about it. Uh, I think that's more open to each... Like each individual viewer, mm. like how they feel about the meat with the if the meat is still there. Like I feel like I'm gonna find out myself. Like for somebody else, it might be completely different. This show is like this show is like so many different versions to so many different people. It's like there's no like the 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 creator of the show Hideakiano said it himself. There's no. There's no one definitive answer to this show. It's whatever so, you think it is. I want to take, yeah, I want to take some time here and like pick your brain about it. I have seen it. I would probably say that this show is one of the closest things in terms of how its ending goes to Twin Peaks and a David Lynch kind of product that I can compare with you. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people like both of these guys, both in animation and in the world of film, what they were like. There's a bunch of people like these guys, but that ending to that show, and certainly the film, uh, yeah, absolutely, that they are art, and they are indifferent and interpreted differently for every single person who watches it. And I love that that's how you perceive it, because that's exactly how I feel about that show and how it ended and how I felt, because I've. I've, I've been watching the ending to that show a lot and I've been watching other people watch it and just that feeling of shock when you realize that it is not what you wanted and you don't know what you're in now and you don't think you're ever going to find an answer to it for like a long time. And yeah. when you do, you that's when you re- like I was watching reaction videos to the show and then I would watch them a year later and there was this one woman who like she cared so much, so much about like these friendly characters about the show, but like the end of the show doesn't give you that. It is an art piece, one hundred and ten percent. And I'm watching her watch that, and it's devastating to her. And then she has a year later, and she's walking around the park with her dog, and she's talking about how she, it reaffirmed her life, how it made her want to go out and do more things, how like how that episode made her feel, 
and made her reevaluate who she was as a person. And I was like, fuck yes. And I've, I've heard that about this show. And I, and I, I felt something when I watched the end of neon Genesis Evangelion. And then I'm certainly once I heard how the director felt when he made those last few episodes and certainly the, like the disdain he felt in having to make the movie, um, that's such an interesting story about artists and, and they're just absolute yeah. ripping open of their heart and putting it on the table in a way that can only be understood by them and felt by everyone. That, that's so important to me. And that is what I felt when I watched that show. What, well, I'm sorry I've been rambling for a long time, but what does it that's, mean to you? But so um, Perfect answer. That's, it's different for everybody. Right. Before I do that, let me tell you of the moment everybody's hung up on with this oh, new dub. That, sure. So, <clears throat> in the later episodes, um, spoiler alert for Neon Genesis Evangelion, I recommend everybody go watch it. Um, tough skin or not, um, it's, it's uh, totally something. It's fun. It's totally something. Yeah, it's a hard watch for pretty much almost anybody. Um. So, in the later episodes, Shinji, the main character, meets a guy named Kaoru, right? Yeah. And so, um, what happened was, oh, here, here's the, here's the screen cap that everybody, um, so what happens is, like, they're meeting, and so there's a dialogue change where, in the original dub, there's a little bit of romantic tension between Kaoru and Shinji, and there's like this moment um by the by some kind of lake here um where like it's like Kaoru tells Shinji he loves him and Shinji's like Kaoru said that he loved me it was the first time someone told me they loved me here's where it gets lucasy alex listen they change that to Kaoru says it means i like you and then after, when she Shinji is Reflecting upon it later, he said, Kaoru said, I was worthy of his grace. <laughs> That's the first time anybody said they liked me ever. And I'm like, okay, that's a radical, that's a radical change, honestly. And, um, like, it's like going, uh, uh, Han first, I'm not gay. Yeah, it's like it's like, it, like I changed this subtle thing. I'm not gay. <clears throat> it's really weird because not because I think that needs to be I, in every show, and not because right. not to think the politics are the best thing to put forward into it. It's just uh-huh. the sexual politics of Neon Genesis Evangeline are screwed up on every account. Why not have every, that in there? Yeah, everyone's screwed up on that show, and in terms of like that's not screwed up to tell someone you love them. Shinji's got a lot going on in his head. He doesn't need that right now. Like, that's kind of my favorite thing about it. Everything about that show, like, from the first episode, just, like, is dialed up right to 11. And it's great because it's it's presented great in a climactic way. And, like, even if you don't care about these people, you're forced to. That's, that, it's, it's great. It's captivating. But, like, every, like, Shinji's got stuff on his mind. So I don't think it's I don't think that it's a bad thing that he says it. I just think it's hilarious. It's just one of the things about 
Shinji that's uh, hysterical to me. And what pushes him to his limits is that he's that probably happens to everyone else, but it's not that big of a deal. But like that's the kind of thing that he doesn't need. It's just another it's just another layer of confusion and, and ambiguity and, and just mystery in his life that he doesn't need. He just he doesn't need that. <laughs> that's what makes it funny and that's why it's needed in the show. Um yeah. I think that's you gotta put that there, especially since there's so many like directly sexually weird things about that show that yeah. you need that there. And it's not that being gay is sexually weird, it's just everyone doesn't know how to harness or deal with or present their sexuality or even themselves healthy in in healthy ways because the world is going insane around them and they're involved in this insane body horror robot experiment it's amazing i love it so like and obviously like (laughs) i love it yeah the (laughs) Worthy of his grace. That's the part that got me. That's the kind of crap that just like gets spattered in the show every now and then. Like people just yeah. say stuff like that. And it doesn't either it makes sense to you or doesn't. And sometimes you can just say like they just put that there because it's weird and they we want to replace it from the actual ambiguity of the scene. But the ambiguity is needed because it's needed to further confuse the character who doesn't need it. He doesn't need this right now. No. Um so like a lot of people, it looks like, in the, like, um, liberal camp, if that's the right word for it, yeah, and dude. the LGBTQ community are not, like, okay with this. And mm-hmm. listen, to me, it doesn't mean, it really doesn't, the, the line worthy of his grace is kind of like, uh, that's just, like, a line that I'm, like, iffy on. But like, um, a slightly religious saying is super weird as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like for me, it doesn't, it doesn't lose its meaning with me. It's just like a really weird change from the original, but for what it meant to those people who are most upset about this, they are 100, 110% entitled to feel that way and to voice their opinion about it. Um, yeah, because we haven't talked about the most important thing of it all is why did they do it? What's their right. intention? And it's probably not good. Right. Um, that's unfair. Like, that's equality is important, and they have a right, right. to voice that opinion. But uh, yes. also, in terms of the show, like, I think it's better to have it in the show, considering all the strange sexual politics going on, but also. Right. It's weird to say that line. Like people know this show. This show's been around for decades. Why, why mess with that line and then just stand by it awkwardly and be like, "Yeah, we did it." And then like we, they won't say why they did it, but we all know why they did it. And it's just weird. Like don't you don't have to do that. It's now a headline news, and we have. I'm glad we're talking about it, but we should Ooh. shouldn't have to. Oh, so the uh, translator, the translator who worked on this new um, translation. Was uh somebody asked him, um, um, hello, I'm sorry if you've been asked this many times before, but I, I and a few others are particularly curious about some translation choices done. The Evangelion English, in- English script, I'm losing my mind, um, on Netflix particularly, it seems um, some of the romantic dialogue between Shinji and Kaoru have been altered to be made less explicit, despite many aspects of their interactions still very much pointing to nothing but a romantic one. Uh, jury's out on that, honestly. 
to me. But anyway, where did this decision come from and why was it made? I think the translation is strong, but overall I don't get this. So the translator came back and said, while I am not in a position to refer specifically to the decision involved in the scene you described, in all my translation of any title, I have tried my best to be faithful to the original source material, bar none. The power of storytelling sometimes depends on the ability of audiences to establish emotional relationships with the characters, as well as recognize intimacy between people based on inferences. Um, he also added, it is one thing for characters to confess their love. It is quite another for the audience to infer affection and leave them guessing how committed are the characters, what possible misunderstandings might be t- taking place. Leaving room for interpretation makes things exciting. So, dodge the question, kind of, it looked like. Hmm. Um. Oh, dude, you're still muted. <laughs> You're still muted if you're... <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, I w- I'm, so I would say when it comes to that, um, it, it's, the lines are meant for the character to be ambiguous. They're clear to the audience, but it's ambiguous for the character. So for that person to make that decision... And then stand there and be like, oh, there's an ambiguity to it now. And that's for the audience. Fun mystery now. It's like, no, you made a decision to cut uh, something that you didn't like out because of whatever you believe. It could be crazy or it could make sense to a lot of people. But whatever it was, you're not saying. And you're hiding behind the ambiguity that the show has and like the mysteries and the... Like, there's a style here that, like... it allows for the audience to pick apart and decide a lot of things for themselves. There's nothing clear in a lot of the scenes and to hide behind that. So you can make a very clear decision about something that is, that's disrespectful. I think to the product. Yeah. I think he was really dodging the question. I not only, I mean, you could have just said, I, I felt I put what I thought was the best for the scene, but you don't have to sit there and say that like his argument to me, in my opinion, is disrespectful to the art. Like, who's going to make that decision? People make that all the time, and it was his job. And if it's the parent thing, but if he like personally made the decision with a group of people that decided as like the translators for it, like, just say that. Don't hide behind the ambiguity of the art and say that's another mystery for your audience to pick through. No, you made a decision, and you changed the story because you didn't like what the story said to you and said to a lot of people, and that's. Cowardice. Cowardice is disrespectful to the product. A product that I care about. A lot of people care about. Yeah. Again, like, again. Again. I'm still going to give this new version a chance. Yeah. I'm still going to give it a chance. But it's a, it's still. Tiny thing. It's a tiny it's, it's, thing, yeah. It's a tiny thing in the scope of what the show really has to say, but it should be talked about, and the guy should right. be put on uh, put on the st- like judgment for it I would have accepted decision was beyond me there's nothing I could do I would yeah. have accepted that 
even though that's probably not entirely true. But I would have taken that. I I feel like it was something he decided with a group of people who agreed with him. Like I feel yeah. like everyone in the room, no matter what their stature was, is they're all like, "No, we're not going. We're going to change this, right?" And everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah. I'll think." And from but, what like, I've heard, Hideakiano did supervise all this new, all the new changes. He did supervise it. Okay, so there's the George Lucas aspect. Maybe he's yes. maybe he's, has different opinions than he did back then. Maybe he doesn't want to ha- like be the guy who felt a certain way or presented things a certain way, and like that sucks. I hate it when artists do that especially when it's a belief thing that they're talking about uh, rather yeah. than just a technical thing. George Lucas was like, I could make it better technical because we have the technology. We should do it, but should you? Uh, should uh, you like, like the Jurassic you, Park dilemma. <laughs> yeah, you didn't stop and think if you should. Yes, like totally. Um, that's It's the same thing here, but with political beliefs and like if he's like a little bit more prejudice about mm-hmm. ideas that he felt then or if he's like more shamed like own up uh, and if he hasn't yet then that's interesting to me but as an older gentleman to like think your radical ideas as like when you were a younger artist are different to you now that makes a lot of sense sometimes it, pre- it presents something I don't like about the artist but like it also makes sense people grow up and change for sure but I hope he didn't short Lucas it on a belief, different belief system that sucks yeah, it seems like a very, I don't know why, but it seems like a very uncharacteristic thing for Netflix to do. Unless I've heard less stories than everybody else. Netflix just bought a product and they let whoever, uh, like, maybe that was the thing. Maybe for them to buy it, this was the only way that they, that it could be done. They're going to have the person uh, all the changes. Sure. They're going to have the person who made it oversee all the changes and he's going to come and he's do all those things. But they're like interesting changes. Han shot first. Apparently, they don't want to talk about this guy's love for another guy. So, what are you going to do, folks? You ask the guy to come in, and it's the same guy, different beliefs. Ugh. Like, the problem, the thing that I like in this decision is that this is just a Netflix version of the show. You can still go to like other places and watch the original. In Star Wars, no, George Lucas like put the nail in the coffin on those, made it legally impossible for you to do it in public like he made a stamp on something that was really dumb this guy is he believes something different and he thinks it should be presented differently and he is from all intents and purposes still an artist and still looks at his art that way but i that's what i love about david lynch he's weird as hell but he would never go back and change anything he ever did definitely not no he wouldn't even answer a question about what he meant by it like that's the whole point even if he feels like he made something bad he'd be like i i don't think i'd make that now and then he would just make whatever he's making now but i i mean artists change and they look at their art differently i have everyone has everyone looks at something and they're like ah that feels weird to me now i have the money and the ability to change it and the new um stage to display my art on in a new audience to grab here you go but i mean i like the fact that you're stepping up and being like i want to watch it it may may be a really good transfer maybe a really good new dub maybe the actors are really great and i don't know what i you also have the old thing that you can still watch so yeah that i have to pirate somewhere (laughs) isn't it on crunchyroll uh no wow dude I'm telling you, I, 
I pirated Evangelion it when I... was a like like um um what's the what's the term? It's like it was like hidden treasure nah. in terms of like license rights. Like yeah. especially end, end of Evan especially end of Evangelion. Like it the like that movie is was so hard to find anywhere. Dude, I found it immediately from pirating. Yeah, you're right. That's how I watched both of them. I watched them both of them in like a weekend. Yeah. It was a hard weekend. Yeah. <laughs> like, not only is this movie like weird and arty, and not only are like the, the, the character going through some stuff and the world's insane, like also Shinji's kind of an annoying little dude. I'm not yeah. saying here's what happens to him, but he's kind of like a whiny little brat. It's a hard thing to watch in. Well, the way I watched it, but like, it's too. It was just too good. It was too captivating. I was too invested. I mean, you don't have to let the characters to understand that what you're watching is so interesting as hell. Um, but you asked me earlier what it meant to me. Um, that's a that's a loaded question. That's a really uh, no, you're not loaded. I mean, that's a um like the great thing about it is you could just tell me what you were, were feeling the first time you watched it or tell me like, the it every time you watch it like it's it that's the great thing about art like they right it, a lot of it is about how did you feel especially with this show dude you just have to go with your gut the first time you watch it like what's going on and then you read a little bit about how it was made and what was going through his head some questions are answered a little bit but when you're watching it like it's it's a trip it's a 2001 type thing it's like yeah. you're okay Buckle up, buddy. I'm just going to have to make it. So, and I, let me just start at the beginning. So, Toonami, when I was watching Toonami Hardcore, um, well, they were... Let's just talk about the movie. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, it's my I, show. It's my show, up. darn it. <laughs> Dude, I'm glad we're talking about this. Like, this, I'm telling you, like this, it's a weird thing. Not a lot of people know about it in my life, and so... It, it was an experience when I watched it. Show's so, trip. yeah, the show is a definite is a definite trip. So what happened was, I was watching a tsunami, and they were running ads for the rebuild movies, um, specifically uh, the second one, uh, Evangelion two point two two. You cannot you cannot advance. Um, watched anything past the movie after he <laughs> after that ending of the movie, I was like, oof. Oofda, maybe, but not for a while. I feel like that's that is the ending of endings. Yeah. Um, yeah. If only. Uh, what if? What if Game of Thrones ended that ambiguously? <laughs> oh man, could you imagine? I, I would still. I would have appreciated. I know it wouldn't have been fair to the audience, but I would have loved it. <laughs> um. Anyway, so they were running ads. They were gonna. They were gonna watch it, and then I accidentally happened happened on because I, I wanted to avoid it because it's not it lo- looked like one of those animes where everybody died um <laughs> but it wasn't there was death and there was destruction i just liked the what drew me to it was the scale and the yeah. the way it looked for sure and the way it its world worked and i'm like um I'm like, oh wow, this is actually kind of interesting and pretty big, and I kind of dig it. And so I started um, looking up what it was all about, 
And then not long after that, I watched the original show and I'm like, oh, oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and another thing was like, it was an interesting show at the same time. It just got me like, like it, it, it struck a, it struck a chord with me that not a lot of movies did back then if any at all and because like i was in a point in my life where i'm just like i guess i was angsty a little bit but some of it was genuine <laughs> if you know yeah, what i mean I, I i think there's a lot of movies out there about channeling the fantasy of the anger of young boys but there's rarely any art or popular like storytelling of the actual anger of young boys. Like I'd call Shinji a whiny little brat, but at the end of the day, like he he is angry and has reasons to be. And his angry like his anger is felt. Every emotion in Shinji is felt. And some people are like that. Just they they feel excessively. Everything they take in or put out is an excess one hundred and ten percent amount of emotion. And they those those rushes especially when you're actually dealing with trauma and problems in your life, as well as actual small things feeling that way. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to put that out there because I think you and I, we've had anger in our life. We have had angst and we can respond to that in terms of how he's feeling and what he's going through. Sure. But then there are people who actually like, they can't control their emotions or they feel things on such an extreme level that this sort of intense style of drama uh, resonates for them because this, like I said, everything is amped up to eleven in this show. It's not just Shinji. Everything, everything in this show matters, and everything is like stylized to like lead to a climax of just absolute Godzilla level type impact and yeah. effect. Right, uh, the scale, as you said, is immense. Um, it wasn't until after I'd watched the movie, like, uh, um, plus everybody, spoiler alert, everybody, like, the moment in the end of Evangelion where he, where, um, third impact is happening and everybody gets turned into orange juice, like, the shot, like, the pan of seeing, like, all those, like, all those like all those like uh, laser crosses popping up, and everybody, like everybody in the world, just screaming, and screaming, and and like fear, just like that's like that's <laughs> freaky. It is. But like, I remember, I remember like in a like the first time like in a, a feature film in theater or otherwise, just being like, like that's just like that irked me. It's like, ugh, ugh, gosh, um. Still to the still to this day, um, but I remember after that I was reading up on Hideaki Anno and hearing his life story. In that, while the show was uh, happening, and I was just reading uh, the Polygon article uh, about him and the development of the show, and like it really. That's when it was like. Okay, I this I feel like this show in a very weird sense despite all of the 
despite how just how messed up these characters were. And I was nowhere near as messed up as any of these people were. I can imagine, like, a lot of people were. But, like, somehow it was kind of, like, in a weird way speaking to me where I could take it as fiction, but there was an element to it that I could relate to, and it and it really, like, stuck with me. And plus just how bold the last two episodes are after everything that that show builds up to. And then to have, to have those last two episodes end like that is so bold. I can appreciate it for, like, the rest of my life. Now that I think – in hindsight now. It's just, like – it's, like, it's weird. And it addresses the problems that he was going through at that point and gives them a finality. And that's great. I honestly think that's awesome. Like, even if it was monetary issues, like, if he had the money – even to, to produce the episodes that he wanted to, to end it like that, I would, I couldn't, I could not, I could not imagine a better ending for that show, honestly. Um, but uh, yeah, it just it struck a chord with me with how it deals with depression and living with like, um, living in kind of like a self-isolation in a sorts because that's kind of what I was going through at the time and like it just it just addressed issues in my life in a way that like I had never seen before it, I guess I guess I guess that's I guess that's pretty much it it hit me at just the right time in just the weirdest and most right way is why this show still sticks with me to this day. If you're still there, you're muted again. <laughs> Trying to catch it at this right time. Sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted you to speak. I also don't want to interrupt you. Um, okay, go ahead. I, I agree. Like, instead of, in those last two episodes, he didn't give people popcorn. He gave people art. And that's why it resonates with people. He gave them a piece of himself. And not just something that is entertaining. Like I love Cowboy Bebop. That's probably my my second favorite anime. Um, but it, it it it's just crafted so well for its genre, and it's it splices genre so well. It's just a it's just a really well done product of entertainment. It has things to say, and it's well it's presented in a way that everyone can enjoy it. This is the diff- this is different. This is the other end of the spectrum. Everyone should watch this because everyone will feel something that they will never ever get out of just normal everyday anime. Yeah, and I was another another thought that I had when I was at work um, earlier. Like, I kept thinking about this. Like, am I crazy to think that like the Last Jedi is in a very weird sense? Like the event of Star Wars, it's not like to that scale, but it like it split the audience almost. It split the fan base almost right down the middle. Well, that's why the and interesting ga- story about about Genesis is because he made the he made the show, and then he ended the show the way he wanted to. Money was an issue, but like the way he wanted to do it, he still gave what he wanted, which was his ending. And still then, has no regrets. 
He still has no regrets. The fans were not satisfied. And he had to make the movie. The movie is a response to the audience's response to the end of that show. You had to. I know you and I have different views of the movie. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know. I just, I think the movie is uh, him in, I think, symbol, I think it's a symbol for him just saying, screw the show. I gave you the show. Now I'm going to destroy the entire world. I'm going to give you the angry version of Shinji. This is me. This is Shinji going the route that like I'm and I'm just destroying it. Like you, I gave it to you and now you want me to give you something different. Here you go. And it's spiteful and you can feel it. But that was yeah, in the, definitely the show is about anger and you can go that route with Shinji. But it's also beautiful and it's amazing looking, but it's spiteful to the fans and angry as an artist. Um because he gave them a piece of himself at a really vulnerable point. And instead of people looking in on the artist who made the show and wondering what happened to him and why he felt the way he did and not sending him and pouring him letters uh, like by the thousands of how much they love him. Instead, people were like, that, well, that was dumb. That was confusing. What was that? Well, I want the end of my show. Give me the end of my show. And he was like, fine, here you go. So I do think that's interesting, especially when he comes back years later. And the only, one of the many things he changes in it is like a thing about two guys kind of fucking each other. <laughs> that's super weird. Find that article. That's super weird to me. But like at the time, the show was an earnest response to the world. It was him giving himself a piece of the world. And the movie was him to the fans being like, OK, if people really love the show. I'm going to give you something beautiful. We're all going to work on something beautiful. We're going to put a, pun- a ton of, tons of money into it. It's going to be a spectacle. It's going to end the whole show. It's going to be a conclusion. But for you true people that weren't satisfied with the ending I gave you, this is I'm going to do this. Like the movie, the movie, <sighs> I could go into the movie on a different level, but like I like them both for different reasons. But the thing that I love is that ending of the show. That ending of the show is an earnest response from person. I think the movie is just interesting. I, I don't, I like, you can feel the spike. So I'm like, uh, you know, I don't need, yeah. to, I don't necessarily agree with him. I mean, the fans are going to be stupid, but if he didn't know that time was going to catch up, he didn't think that he thought this was just going to sort of fade away within the anime that's already within the culture. Like it was a big deal, but he, it, he they thought it was going to be his Twin Peaks. Like, no one talked about Twin Peaks. It was just this thing that ended brilliantly, but at the same time, Twin Peaks is a statement. It's like, I, like screw you fans. Like, I'm going to give you something you're going to be talking about for decades, and I'm not even going to answer it. He did answer it, and he gave us something worse, but in the best way ever. Like, it was a love letter to the fans, but it was also a, def- a definitive statement of saying, like, this is how it is. This is how I make my stuff, and you better like it. And he doubled down on it. This guy... He did it, but he did it in a really angry, aggressive kind of way, which it makes sense. Shinji is an angry, aggressive character, and you can't look at Shinji and not think of him as a conduit for the person who made the show, like he always was. So that anger in Shinji, that anger is in him. Yeah. So, um, for me, the movie um, Evangelion... The end of Evangelion. I can feel 
Well, more recently now, when I think about the movie, and I can hardly ever forget, it's the thing. It's like the things that are shown in the movie I can hardly forget. It's the things that are said that I want to go back to. Um, but, but like the m- movie, I can f- I can also feel that sense of spite toward the audience, especially after seeing um folding ideas video. Um, when I think back to it, it's like that was pretty darn spiteful. But for me, it's like it still somehow gives or gave me at least a somewhat satisfying conclusion, an alternate satisfying conclusion to the show. How it did it, but it's like, oh man. Um, like, can some like whole drama behind it about Diakiano felt about his audience, um, about how unsatisfied they were about the original ending to the show. Like in, in the show, one of the shows that was a mind, but I'm like, I still feel good, you know. It's that's, just that's, that's the best thing that you can hope for as a person yeah. who both watches a lot of stuff and wants to make it like. That's what you want. You want people to look at your stuff and be like, you know what? This may not be for me. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this, but I'm going to sit all the way through and I'm going to watch it. And I'm going to give it my earnest attention. And if it doesn't insult me, maybe I'll be thinking about it. That, that's all you can ask for as someone who puts this stuff out there in the world, that people have the patience to sit down and watch it. That's it. Right. And I, I remember watching Neon and being like, I think that was the first anime I ever watched, like all the way through, and that's an aggressive watch. But it also oh, it, it is. Says, well, it, it says a lot about the the genre of weaponized robots and stuff like that, which is a big thing in anime. And like it, it like I just to walk into that world and be like, yeah, I, I'm gonna get to Gundam, and Gundam's pretty aggressive. Gundam is fun until people start like dropping like flies crazy and (laughs) i'm gonna get to that but uh when it came to neon like they didn't they don't they don't screw around from episode one like the kid's dad is like you're gonna do this because of this person you're gonna do it now and you're like ah he's like ah and he gets it he's like ah it's great it's insane um it just it really captivates me the idea of like putting children in robots and making them fight wars is an insane idea for anyone to have, it's like Batman. Like Batman <laughs> for anybody to do that, it's fun to watch. It's great to like dramatize, but like that's an insane thing for anyone to do. Yeah, and but, <laughs> but like to ask children to fight, like wars against aliens and giant robots for you, like because of body hordes. Like no, that that is insane, and they know it, and they amp it up, and it's great. And that was like. Yeah. 
aggressive to see to see like it is like on an emotional level pretty crazy and like a lot to take in but for something to make that aggressive of a statement about the genre that it wants to entertain you with its battles uh i loved it that's great yeah and you want to like i'm gonna go for it it's uh um it's basically it's basically like if you could pick, like everybody's seen Pacific Rim essentially, and so if you like imagine Pacific Rim but with twelve-year-old kids, that's Evangelion, but taken really seriously, that's Evangelion. They like they ask these kids to do it, and then like they're treated immediately when they get there like they're idiots for not being adults already. They're like you gotta, you gotta do this thing now, and the kid's like, "But I don't want to." And he's like, "I don't care what you want." Yeah, it's insane. I love it. So, yeah, we just went like, like a whole like almost fifty minutes about Evangelion. Who does that? <laughs> that was my point. That was my point about the whole um uh the holiday special thing. They made an episode about not talking about the holiday special and ended up talking about all these other funny, better movies that you could spend your time with. And then they made an episode about the actual movie that they watched because it's a hard watch. It's the same thing we did here. We ended up spending an hour talking about something we both enjoy. Because, like... Yeah. Fuck book Henry. I'm gonna say that a lot. Explicit. <laughs> explicit episode. So... Yeah. Explicit. I completely forgot. I did. Explicit. I did. I did. I did. Well, the last like folding ideas. Twenty of an explanation. That's Zach's fault. <laughs> it is Zach's fault. Um. Uh, I can't believe that folding ideas he did. did. He actually did two for Evangelion. He did follow. No, I meant yeah. that he that did a video on both Book of Henry and Neon. I've completely forgot about the Neon videos, but no, the Neon videos are great. Um, so oh, let me just close all these tabs here. Um, I don't know. Um, I Wait, that was... Yeah, I think it's great that you're, um, it's like the thing with, like, with Bebop. Like, people are freaking out about the live action, and it's like, it could suck. Yeah, but I want to watch it, because why not? It's like, yeah. it could be good on its own merit. Like, Dumb and Dumber 2. Dumb and Dumber is a classic. Give it a chance. I... Give it a chance. Oof, no, I think you like Dumb and Dumber 2 is a bad idea. But I do think there's stuff in there that's okay. It's just bad timing. A lot of other things didn't work. It's, things can have sequels. Things can You can do something that is additional. Sometimes you can make a couple hangovers as well, and that is bad. <laughs> the hangover is great. So... Alright. So, now... Um... Uh... Without further ado, everybody, uh, the book of freaking Henry. Oh my gosh! Um, so, this morning, and um, not as bad as Catwoman. Like, uh, 
does a most there location what was that last part you broke up a little bit here uh Oh, now you're really big now. There's one moment in this movie. Uh, uh, um, he's done. Still talking to you. Am I still good here? Yeah, there we go. I can read. Okay, 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 okay. There's one moment out of this movie <laughs> that I want to pick apart. Um, what? Holy crap. One? Okay. Out of the mountain that we have. But let's build to it. <laughs> it is, you're very We're going to build to it. There's death to the insanity of this. Go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, like, we're going to build to it. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna sift through this and then get the uh we're gonna get to the the meat of my issue with this oh. movie they're right. they're like the my issues with like my, my, my core issues with this movie okay alex actually you go first like you tell like, you tell everybody what this like oh my god this <sighs> dude okay hold on actually let me let's do an icebreaker let me do an icebreaker here <laughs> Which okay. movie was worse, Fallen Kingdom or Book of Henry? Oh, um, because I I want to know for sure if this was the movie that got Trevor fired from Episode Nine, or was it actually Fallen Kingdom? Let's actually ask ourselves that right right now. Well, the difference is like, is he a bad director, or is he a bad writer, and is he just a bad idea man? Um, I think that's his problem because watching this and when you look at um, Fallen Kingdom and when you look at um, Safety Not Guaranteed, he's not a bad director. Like he there's some this movie looks great. Book of Henry looks great. He's getting good performances out of people. It's just insane what everyone's talking about and what they're (laughs) filming. Um, But it all looks good and everyone's performing earnestly. And they all believe in what they're doing, but no one knows what they're doing. Uh, that's the problem. Like, he can drive a car, but he also wants to drive a car off a cliff. He, like, with everyone in it. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's not a good idea, man. What are you doing? Thank you for taking me where I need to go, but I don't want to go where you want to go. <laughs> what are you doing? Um... Okay, it's like, uh, well, it's like whatever, whatever idea he had for Ray's lineage in Star Wars Episode Nine, 
it brought Daisy Ridley to tears, allegedly. So, like... So you're saying that, that Last Jedi just totally screwed whatever... That, like, Last Jedi just laid the groundwork for what its lineage was, and they're not going to go back to it. But the plan was to, like, have her be something. That was Trevorrow's plan. Mm-hmm. Apparently. That was Trevorrow and Derek Connolly's plan. But then they got fired, and they basically just reshot the whole, whole thing and rewrote it, too. So Lord knows what's going on. So I, I don't think it was necessarily this movie. Um, I think it's his writing and also just what he thinks are good ideas. So whatever they brought to the table, they there may have been bits and pieces in there that worked. But at the end of the day, I think they all looked at it and were like, you know what? This is, you know, crazy balls. So we're not going to do this. Um, we've seen what happens when you try to make your crazy balls stuff. And uh, it doesn't work out well. So we're going to start from scratch. And that's do, it. do you know? Actually, do you, he probably, oh, God, I'm going to say this. He probably had Ray spearing dinosaur crap. Well, that's just a stormtrooper, man. How to avoid those Kylo, it's his only weakness. Dinosaur dung. <laughs> if he, that's the thing that brought Daisy Ridley to tears, except she wasn't crying, she was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god, maybe that's what she meant. Um, no, I, I honestly think, yeah, he's capable of, of good stuff. Simon and the Rush. Yeah. I think he's a. I think he's a way better director than he is a writer. It just sounds like his ideas are just crazy. Maybe I think he's trying to. It sounds like he likes the idea of genre splicing and putting stuff together, um, and he just thinks that's like fun. Uh, but the thing is, he's not really thinking about the consequences of what any of this means. For him to think that this is a good story and for people to respond to it well, even if you tried to film it as earnestly as possible is mind-boggling it's not good no, none of this is good if you tried to put it together there's a reason that like god stopped at a platypus he's like oh wow this is crazy i think i'm just gonna call it a day and, like fit, like continue on day five <laughs> um so three different crazy stories to start with before it starts making the insane decisions like just in, they like halfway through this movie, before he gets like right when he dies, everything up to when he dies, you're like, okay, so this is like three different stories mashed together, and it's like one of them's a bit like you shouldn't be talking about it because now like the movie starts with him being a whimsical kid and a whimsical family, and he's also just a dick. I, this guy's a dick. Oh him. God, he is. Oh, <laughs> he's such a jerk. Oh, I hate him so much. Like. No, the, I hate him so much, and the movie understands that so much that, like, uh, oh my gosh, when his mother tries to tell a story that she wrote, he's criticizing it. When they go to bed, she asks what they want, and he's always off rhythm of what his brother wants. He's just never, he's all, it's one thing to just never fit in properly, but still be needed in your family. It's another thing to just be a dick, period. And the movie knows this so much that when it ends, 
like the girl fits perfectly. The mother can tell her story and the kids are like, that was great. And she goes, thank you. And she's like, like, how do you like, how do you guys want to go to bed? And both of them in sync, they know what they want and it's easy. There's no conflict. And she shuts the door. And I'm like, so the moral of this movie is that when he's out of it and his dumb decisions, like trying to shoot people and you know, he's a child. Now the moral is you grow up and the family's better now. What are you trying to say movie? No, like the craziness, like the insane, the insane decision started when they made this, when they made this about their neighbor, the neighbor girl getting sexually abused by the police commissioner. That's where I'm like, stop. The first 10 to 15 minutes leading up until that point is just like a charming, like, this there's this this kid is a jerk and like he's selling stock on the in the uh he's selling stock um that's stupid <laughs> that is stupid um that's the problem all of these stories are different stories they're all different genres and they're all colliding together some of it works some of it doesn't in within the bodies of their own genres but mostly they all suck like, there's a movie that came out with Chris Evans a little bit ago called Gifted. And he's got, like, this niece. And the niece is super smart. But the movie knows that the conflict is simple. And that everyone at the end of the conflict of the movie, they're all going to be happy and together. Like, even the bad guy is going to be part of the thing. Like, that's the whole point. Like, people grow from the experience. It's a family movie, just precocious little kid. You don't, you don't, you don't put an abuse rear window mystery in there. Period. Especially when your kid is a dick and your movie doesn't know how to do whimsical right. Like, there's a... Oh, God. There's a movie that came out... This is a 90s movie. Like, the script was written over 20 years before it was made. This was was a Benny and June experiment. Like, they they thought they were going to make a... a, Oh, my God. I don't know why. They they put LaFen Nikita somehow together with Benny and June like the the whimsy of Benny and June is in like when he's trying to get uh his brother to smile and he's like using the plungers and the thing that's totally what like Johnny Depp would do to make his girlfriend smile in that movie in that movie understands that it has a theme and a context and a tone and you stick with it throughout the entire movie this movie does not do that <laughs> it, it, no, it does not little little stupid like gifted story and you're like okay this movie's like gifted and you know naomi watts is great and and jacob trembley is great everyone's doing their work and the the script kind of sucks but whatever like i'm i'm willing to laugh at this kid be a dick but then all of a sudden the neighbor is getting abused and he is involved in it and it's really bad and you're like okay well now you're gonna try and put two things together rear window and the kid's like trying to figure it out because he's intelligent, like a little Sherlock type thing. Okay, fine. But, you know, don't get to, oh, he's molesting her. Oh, great. Now I don't, okay, now where you're getting really, and the girl yeah. doesn't talk at all. She's not really a character in the movie. She just sits there and looks sad, and you hired a dancer so she can dance at the end of your movie and then not say any lines because she's not an actress. She's a dancer. Also, she's going to be in the Spielberg West Side Story, and I'm pretty excited for that. All this cast is killer, by the way. All these people are great. Naomi Watts is killing it, but the materials were just real bad. Like, why would you hire Sarah Silverman and Bobby Monaghan 
two hilarious people to play serious roles that go nowhere. They're fine, but they're comedians. They they're meant to be funny. And yes, sure, Sarah Silverman's trying to do something different, and she's having a, you know a good scene with Naomi Watts, but like she doesn't go anywhere. Like the kid dies, and then she just lets her friend go crazy. What? <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, Hold on. Let, uh, me take, let me take a few shots. Uh, Chris. Oh, no. Oh, no, Chris. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, oh, oh. Let me take a few shots here. Let me oh, my. take a few shots here. <laughs> okay. This uh, movie. I okay. On my own shit coming out of my mouth because all of this is just. <laughs> So hold on, hold on. Was it was okay? So was um, Naomi Watts getting drunk with Sarah Silverman before or after Henry figures out that um, the neighborhood girl is getting abused? Before. Okay, it was before. So like, (laughs) uh, (laughs) oh man. So like. Let's talk. Let's they're gone. So like the mom, we're going to touch on a few points that um, that uh, Dano from Folding Ideas, at least I am. But like a video, I wanted to like stay away because I watched it. I I watched I've watched and listened to a lot of stuff about this movie. So I really wanted to like spend some time with my own without anyone. But like by watching it the way I did, I watched it in two halves. So like that's why I'm viewing the way that I am. Like it's just. It, they're weird decisions, but the stories and the genres that they're telling, like, although it's like a, a weird duck bear goose thing, a man bear pig, like he made a man bear pig and like it's three stories put together and it's like going somewhere. But the moment Sarah Silverman kissed an 11 year old, I was like, whoa, okay, wait a second. I, I could take him dying and I could take the family and the mom having to deal with the loss of the precocious kid. And maybe they were going to do a P.S. I Love You movie where this, the characters go on a whimsical journey with his tape recorder and his journal. And they find, they find themselves through a little thing that he a, – a Ruth Goldberg machine of life, if you will. Uh, that would have been fine. But it, then Sarah Silverman kissed him, an 11-year-old, because he told her she was pretty. An alcoholic kissed an 11 year old who's dying of cancer kissed him because she was pretty and then totally abandoned the mother after he died also one more thing like the remind- oh, you keep saying an 11 year we keep saying an 11 year old like <laughs> because an 11 year old she says 12 to her boss and he yes. says 11 to Sarah Silverman the movie doesn't even know what the hell's going on no so no, no no here's the thing the mother- no, no 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 I'll explain I'll explain I'll explain I'll explain it. The, like, so in that scene, in the diner scene, it's like you have to ask your 11 year old whether you need direct deposit or not. And she says, 12. He's almost 12. Does it, doesn't doesn't that mean if he's almost 12, he's still 11? Um, she's not saying no. She's just saying he's almost 12. Like, the point is, is that he's 11. Yeah, but he's almost 12. He's almost older. It's like if someone's like, are you tw-, like, you're only 12, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to be 13 soon. I'm going to be a teenager soon. Like, that's the, that's the argument she has to the table for her kid doing taxes. And she's also being funny, which means she's not as dumb 
as the, that's the problem, man. She's using, I don't get it. Like she sometimes she's super dumb, and other times she can form sentences that are like really only like a literal person could do. And I was like, are you dumb? Or are you just like philosophical? Are you absent-minded? Or like, no, you drink with your friends, so you're dumb. Like, I don't get this. They didn't even know what she was. But at the same time, Naomi Watts is like killing it. She's like, I am this person. Like, I'm this mom who's dealing with this stuff. And it's like fine, but like, it wasn't until halfway through the movie I was like, these decisions get crazy because we don't. We haven't even talked about what this movie is really about. Really, oh, we haven't. We're getting to it. We're getting to it. So hold on. We're gonna take. We're gonna take you on a journey here, everybody. Um. So like, it's like, um. I was with it, like, until Henry was act. Until I figured out Henry was actually the adult. And so like, Susan's playing Gears of War on the on the Xbox One. I'm like, okay. That's a thing. Okay. And then, like, I thought she would still be, like, the adult, even though he's doing the financial statements in the dining room. <laughs> and so, um, and so, like, um, it wasn't until they had the seizure that it really hit me. It's like, He's an eleven-year-old child, and he's the adult in the entire family. He's the only one. And I was like, "How can anyone buy this?" It's because of how, yeah, it's how much of an adult he has to be, or that she allows him to be. But then also the things that you allow her to do. Like, if he is making money, then why? It, why does she still have a job and leave her kids alone during the day? Like, what? What do you? What do you like? They don't give us an answer to that. He like he, he even asks it. He's like, "Why do you go to work?" And she's just like, mm, "You, you little kid." It's like you almost killed. She doesn't the guy. even know how rich they are. I I don't. I don't, dude. You know what got me? Like, I knew. I was going to be dealing with for a while this annoying little like dick, and I'm just I'm saying he's a dick because he really was a like he tells a kid that he can't be a dodgeball player when he's an adult like don't and then he's then he's like you got to love the people around you but the way dude your your stuff is bullshit anyway you got to love everyone around you it is and it's like why did you do that why did you just totally want a little kid not only that but later in the movie they do the most generic. This is my favorite. There's so many like amazingly stupid lines in this movie, but my favorite one, my favorite one is when the teacher is handing out stuff for the kids to write get well notes for Henry and the girl just writes down, "We miss you." And then this little kid, the kid that he made fun of for being a dodgeball player is like, "But but he's going he's going to get better, right? Cuz he's cuz he's Henry." Right? Because he's Henry, guys. He's just gotta. And the teacher's like, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's gonna be better. And then she crosses out we and puts I and then cuts scene. I was like, that was... You you really just patted yourself on the back after that, didn't you? You just had a, a big old party after that. Also, 
you just doing coke up butts after that. That was the dumbest thing. In this, also, in this movie. Oh. I think my also, ears are bleeding again. <laughs> also, <laughs> that hasn't happened since Transformers. Um, so, also, they didn't even bother to show any bruises on the neighbor girl. Yeah, they kept talking like, about that. No evidence. But she's like an extremely good ballet dancer, and guess what? Like, they get bruises. But then, like, la- like later in the movie, she's like, the absences, the, the calling in, all the stuff that we don't see in the movie ever because you really don't want to talk about the issue at hand. You just want to make her be this thing that people want to save. Like, ugh. Ugh. God. Because whole conflict. Literally this is worse than Kingdom. This is worse than Fallen That is the answer to your question. They okay. Come back to that. For this Say it again. Okay. Fired this movie. Blame on one movie. Which one is it? Oh, if I had to put the blame on which movie. If you had to put. I'm not saying like. Because he was a bad idea, man, or because he was a bad director, or any of that. I'm not saying that. If you had to put the blame on one that was involved, heavily involved in making, whether it be directing or writing, was I'll it Fallen Kingdom or Book of Henry that got him fired? I honestly don't think that the answer that I'm going to give is the true answer. I think the answer is whatever his Star Wars thing got him fired. Like, that's the thing. Like, they fired Phil. Uh, Lord and Miller, like they, they're they fire, like they have an idea of what they want, and if people they still owe them an apology. Yeah, I still so I agree, um, but at the same time, like they, I don't think they'll give it. Like they, if they make their decision and yeah. they go through it because they have a vision, and if it butts heads or they don't like it or they think it'll hurt their image or what they're trying to do, or if they know that they can do better, then they'll do it. And I think that's what happened here. But if I honestly think that there was one of these things that they looked at, saw his involvement in, and were like, Ugh, it's this. Because he wrote, I mean, he, he wrote Fallen Kingdom with his partner. And that's an insane script that the director tried to save. But it's an insane script from the bottom. <laughs> when you're a director, you own a movie. You own every aspect of it. You, you, though he didn't write this, this was the thing. The story that he wanted to tell. He got everyone together to tell this story. He got producers. He, he wanted to tell this. He, he stands by it. The edit, the shoot, everything. He stands by it. This was the thing he wanted to tell. And I just... That is the thing. You're a director and you're the overseer of everything. That's what they look at as the biggest sign. Because that's what he was supposed to do. He's supposed to oversee the entire movie and every decision. And if the biggest decision from the ground up is problematic from the script stage then my guess is that's probably what happened with star wars they looked at him and they were like well yeah sure his movies look good but 
let's look at this script again for a second. And then they did, and they probably thought, oh, no, this is bad. We need to, we need to fix this. Just because that's kind of what is the problem with this guy. He shoots well. He gets great performances. But when they're not his scripts, he can do well on that stance. Like, he can shoot things that aren't his script. But if it's an idea that he wants to make, and it seemed like this script was one of them, and he made it, that's not a good sign. He's a writer. He tells stories, and the stories he wanted to tell are just not good. They're not. Like, what's the point of your really good at storytelling if you're walking around telling, like, stories about stuff nobody wants to hear? It's just not, not worth it. That's what I think the problem is. But uh, if you were, had to look at it from an executive standpoint, not knowing anything about this guy or, like, really looking at it from two cents, Book of Henry. You're the director. You're the overseer. You're the one who takes blame. This is your fault. So, um, remember so the scene where they were looking for Sheila after, um, back to Willow. So, um, the scene where they go and try to find, um, Sheila and she's drunk and missed work. And so oh my god. She's like come have a sip after the boys and she tries to help her up. Excuse me. Um and she's like come have a sip. And so she <laughs> and then uh, Naomi Watts pulls up the chair. <laughs> Drinks with her. Yeah, and then she- Henry in the sh- at the, in the grocery store says, "It's amazing how you enable her alcoholism." And I was just done. I'm just like, this movie is a mess, just a mess. Yeah, it's like the movie didn't have to do that, and he didn't have to say that, and you don't have to point out that she's like not enough of an adult to realize that that's a bad decision and also skirting the entire idea that she just drank and is driving her kids around right now. So what <laughs> are you doing movie? What are you doing? So Henry finds out that she, that uh, the neighbor girl has, uh, is uh, being abused. And so first he, that's the thing. She's like they pushed to that, right? Also, he's getting like when he does this, he's at, he has headaches. It's not like it's not like he dies out of nowhere. Like they set up that he's dying. Um, One and not only that, but it's okay. I'm sorry. So uh, all right. So up to this point in the movie, <laughs> we have been watching. Just a precocious little gifted type little movie. Like he's, and then all of a sudden his neighbor is getting abused and maybe molested. And all, the movie has taken a turn. And this really smart kid has to figure out how to help her out of this situation. And maybe, you know, learn some human nature in the process. But he, then he starts to get a plan. And you're like, okay, the smart kid has a plan. He's getting this together. He's drawing maps. He's learning bridges. He's going to a gun store. A he's looking year old kid a, in a gun store. He snuck into a gun store. How do you do that? Not only that, he's in a gun store. What is he doing? What is his, why does his plan involve guns? Why does it involve a telescopic lens he's using his brother to help? The kind of lens you'd use in a sniper. 
What the hell is this? Oh, by the way, he's getting headache. He's getting a headache right here. You should pay attention to that. I like how they yeah. went through the trouble of giving him headaches and not showing any any like signs of abuse on um, the neighbor girl. Like I just like how they did that. But anyway, go on. I'm enjoying this. Like that's that's the point. Like they they don't want to talk. They don't really want to talk about what's going on with her. They just want to lightly talk about it so that the main characters know and save her because she doesn't talk. She doesn't explain what's going on. We never even nope. go inside the house. It's a rear no window. Agency. It's rear window in the sense that you don't get to see what's going on there, but the the main characters know it, and we, the audience, know that someone was murdered, and we need to stop it. You don't need to know the situation inside. There's a killer there. He killed someone, and we're going to stop him. That's not the case here. You need to go in depth in it if you're going to have this character, this girl in your movie. You want to bring this subject up. You better talk about it and don't interrupt it with a dying kid with a brain tumor. And then pick it back up with an assassination attempt by his mom. And then the last second for her to... Oh, God! Oh. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Talking about the okay. moment, I swear to God. <laughs> it up. So, I hope for your sake that the wheel does not land on the DCEU, man, after tonight. Um, um, so... I'm, uh, that seems more interesting to me. I will get just as angry because I hate Zack Snyder. Okay. <laughs> I also think that this situation is infuriating. This this is the problem. I'm telling you, man. It's like Lost, Lost Fallen Kingdom is is it's an insult to what Jurassic Park was, but also it's called Jurassic World, so who cares? You're like there's a little bit of a leeway you can, and then also the movie kind of looks good because someone else made it. But it's also just like, it's ridiculous. It's dinosaurs eating people, so they didn't care. That was their level of thinking. They made Jurassic World. They made a lot of money. Who cares what we make next? We're going to make dinosaurs eat people in their backyard soon. That's what we want. But this, this is infuriating. (laughs) So this was, for me, I wasn't getting angry watching this. I was getting cringe. Like, oh no! I like I didn't put money into this, and I was watching this for fun, so I was having a blast. Like by the end, I was like, "This is insane." But if I was a money man and I was a, and I was an executive, I would be infuriated. I'd be watching oh, man. this. This guy, a Star Wars movie? Are you kidding me, guys? Who? Who? <laughs> what? The, come on! Come on! Come on! Like if it was safe, I guarantee it would be one. No, this is insane. I'm sorry, what was that? Apparently they hired a to do just that. <laughs> like, they went over, apparently they went over um, before the stereo. Uh, they went over the script this is before he was fired. Like, right before he was fired. They got somebody to relook at episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> so then he's, like, figuring out, like, uh, where the... He's setting up the, the, uh, the murder plot. And... 
so then he gets a seizure in the middle of the night. It's an incurable brain tumor. He tells it to the doctor in great detail. Yeah, that's our um, kid. He knows everything about it, so they don't need to explore anything about it. We just need to see a couple of scenes where he has headaches, and then he's going to tell us because he's the exposition machine. He knows everything. They don't want to talk about her situation but they don't need to talk about his oh i just remembered something there was a shot where he's reading um books on um like brain disease and all that and that reminded me he went to a library and bought and uh, and uh, got books on crime scene investigation does the librarian not see how suspicious that is God, it's the little things that get me about this about things. Ah, well, here's the thing: his he thought he could he he, uh, he thought that everyone, <laughs> if not himself, he was gonna remember he was gonna buy the gun for himself to shoot a man in his backyard. Like he was always going to get caught. That's why the mom stopped. She was like, "You're just a kid." This is really dumb. No matter what I do, I'm going to get caught because, let's face it, I'm going to get caught. Um, There you go. And it's just, I agree with your point, but it is also hilarious when there's been like, oh my, mm, like, we just. Right, we're going in order. How the, when you get into how the guy actually goes down. Like the teacher, oh please! Hands are tied, and then like two more people make accounts on this guy, and then the teacher sees a dance, and then she's like, "Now I'm gonna make the the account. I'm gonna make my account." And it's like, "What? What? What?" No, what? here's my thing. Here's my because he's getting arrested. Hold on. What? What? God. that's not not even my thing so what happened was like um he goes down or he like susan's like no you're just a kid i'm just like was this the point of the movie like was susan actually the main character this entire time and then like she threatens um, the police commissioner <clears throat> and it's like I know everything I have all documented and I'm going to tell every now like when he had caught he had caught her her hold on Alex Alex I know I know I know I know I know just let me take my shots okay at this point he caught her red-handed with a very powerful sniper rifle that she bought with cash with from a from very sketchy um gun store owner <clears throat> all he do was call his boys and say kill me attempted murder so instead he's like he his brother i think who's the who's the head of the which is way more fishy than the library thing. Right there. Uh, um, yeah, problem, man. You need me. I need you to take care of. Like, he's like some kind of mom. 
us. Again, this entire then, like if you just, you know, listened to the victim and the movie never ever gives a voice to the victim. So it pretends that they live in a world where no one would ever believe her story. But they're all looking at her like she's obviously getting abused. And they're like, well, if she's obviously getting abused, then what the hell is going on right now? Because his brother is involved in this. Like, countless people have called. Like, other people had called before this. Apparently, the teacher was the last one for the brother to be like, strong camel back, bro. <laughs> Sorry, click. Like, I don't get it. And then he... And then, and then he kills himself. No, not only that. Not only that. Like, this guy hears a whistle outside, which... Is, oh, like, the oh fact my god, he goes yes, his house, he, The fact that he goes outside with a gun because he hears a whistle in his backyard, like, someone could, someone could be looking for their dog, dude. What are you doing? But then, like, on top of that, he goes out there, the whistle goes on, she's about to kill him, and she's making a just shit ton of noise. And he should have found her by then if he's hearing a freaking whistle. Like, I don't... That's just another thing. But she she decides not to do it. She puts the sniper down. She walks down to him. She looks him in the face. And she says, You... I'm angry at you, but you know what? You lost my respect. And he's like, Aww. That's what it boiled down to. And the thing is, he abuses his 12-year-old daughter. He hides behind his police, his brother, and his badge. And his wife died under what seems to be mysterious circumstances, lady. What makes you think he's not going to kill you right now by punching you in the face? And then taking your gun. And then murdering you right here. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're, you think you can talk him down by changing his heart? Movie. What are you doing? You just showed us 30 minutes of her being trained into an assassin by a tape recording of her son who understood every single sentence that she was going to say. I hate this movie. <laughs> that little how do you know is, how I felt? Oh my god. I... I I thought it was such a curiosity. I enjoyed watching it. And I'm not going to do it again for a while. But, no, like, never. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> such a curiosity. There are other movies like this, like, um, Collateral Beauty is insane. That's an insane movie. It's not, a, it's not a fun watch, but it's a curiosity. Why anyone thought any of this would be entertaining to anyone is mind-boggling. It's the same thing here. Like, you can say it's like genre, like they wanted to tell some stories like this should be a story where the kid is precocious and weird. He gets a tumor, he dies, and then the mom has to learn how to live with herself or the taking care of him as he's getting almost better and then eventually dying is what makes her a better adult and take care of her actual kid. But it keeps, keeps getting in, like this thing keeps getting in the way of like, abuse and assassination plots and it's like what are you doing right now pick a movie and then like it starts making insane decisions where she's drinking and driving and like enabling her friend and then the kid's talking about it and then like she's kissing the kid and then people are trying to get assassinated like why was there a kid rapping at the talent show why was there a talent show why was there a comedic talent show not only was that why why did you sit there and show a girl 
singing totally off key, giving us the very real idea of what it's like to go to a kid's talent show where you just have to like appreciate everyone's bad kid, but love your own. Like don't put that there with comics and jokes and an assassination plot with the same editing as the Godfather, which got it a freaking Oscar. God, this movie's terrible. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's talk about the moment that basically that took me out of this movie. Let's talk about it. It's where, and I try. And I'm, I know we're trying to avoid this, but I'm going to a point that folding idea has made. Um, Peter is, is they were playing go they were playing go fish right, and, and like, um, he tells Peter, you know, after I'm uh, gone, and he's starts crying he's like no way um and it's like after i'm you know it's important that mom meet reads that red book and i'm just like the movie did not just go there in just the weirdest sense it went it had like some kind of religious like like context to it or like perspective where it's like where it's like a perspective and it's like when um it's like if the seizure let me help you everybody if he was Jesus and Peter was Peter. Um, it's like the seizure was his death, and then him in the hospitals, like his resurrection. And then it's like Henry telling Peter, like, the person who needs to act on the book should read book and the book is going to help solve the problem of the movie and the problem of everything. And then he dies and, uh, um, and it's like the, like the movie, this movie did not just make a religious metaphor, like perspective. Like, and I saw that and I'm like, this movie sucks. That's where I'm like, no. That's where I'm like, I drew the line. I'm like, this movie's done. Can done. Not only only that, way that we made that shot. Does it make this religious connotation to him and like bold face do it? Call itself the Book of Henry. It does it to the halfway point of the movie, and then like Jesus asks someone to kill someone. (laughs) What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Is this your religious connotation? Like, is your idea that this was Jesus and then he died and then people took your book and then they misconstrued it and then followed it to the point that that there's religious fanaticism? Like, what are you doing? Movie? What? Are you talking about right now? Uh... Chris, you know what I think is the biggest shot of this entire movie? Her kid dies and she goes back to work in a restaurant and they, they get close up to her grabbing a plate 
and she puts her thumb right on the open part of the meat of a burger. There's no bun on it. She just puts her hand on the open part of a burger. I'm assuming people are going to decorate it with. She did go insane after he died. Not only that, like, here's my problem. She does that. They make a point to show us that. And then the next shot, she's walking up with an empty plate with napkins on it. I hate this movie. (laughs) That's just lazy, man. Like, you didn't need the thumb on the burger. Even if it took you a day to shoot that, it was a stupid shot. You should have had her carry a burger anyway. But you didn't even need that. You should have showed bruises. The scene is, oh my god. That's the problem. He shows stupid crap like that, and then it doesn't even connect to the scene. And then you talk about bruises. You shouldn't show the bruises. You should actually give that character a character. Like, actually go into that. They're not even showing bruises. Or that, they're, uh, yeah. They're just not even talking about it. It's just a thing that the lead characters have to stop with. An insane idea that at the very last second, they're like, you know what? You're a kid. I'm going to go talk to this serial rapist and see if I can just, you know, get him to kill himself. <laughs> no, here's one thing. Here's another thing. She <laughs> house. Uh, Susan went into his house and talked to him about some kind of decision. I had to mute it because I could not believe what I was seeing. Like he, She went into his house to get advice on, a, on something and I'm like no, mute. I can't take this. I'm just like no. Like you cannot, you cannot believe it. Wait. Oh my god. For her to go in the house? I thought it was I thought it was really you, I, I'm. I, here's the thing. There was no reason for her to go inside the house. That wasn't even part of her plan. He walked outside of his house to meet her anyway. So you just have no, to know. No, no, that no. He- Before that, when she was formulating and getting all that, when she went to get his signature to fornicate the adoption paper. Uh, yeah, first. that's even easier. It should go to the brother no matter what. Like they wouldn't, <laughs> they would always go to the brother. Are you kidding me? Oh She'd God, go to this... Russia, like 110%. He's a cop. He would totally, like, those papers would get lost. That kid is not going with... <sighs> Sorry. No, thank you. Like... Bureaucracy threw that up wire style, but there's no... no. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. In the fact that... Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, lack of a better term, devil's advocate here. Do you then like deduce that since the commissioner may have been posthumously proven to be a a, a child abuser, and CPS was called several times, in which CPS is headed by his brother? Do you not then, like, assume that his brother is not fit to raise the child either, under suspicion that he may be the same as said dead um, police commissioner? Good point. Like, when I think about it, the conclusion I come to, but I shouldn't have to. No, <laughs> that's true. Um, uh, it, the movie makes you do. I'm gymnastics. doing 
the so movies hard. work for it. I do I'm think doing the I, movies work for it. I do want to say that Dean Norris, the guy who plays uh, Gene, is very good. And when he calls his brother, he's really good. And I just like, I when he talks about his wife, there's a great moment there. And again, everyone is like earnestly putting their all into this as actors. And it sucks because I bet all of them thought they were making a completely different movie. Like, cause Dean Norris isn't going to be there when the kids are shooting stuff or when Naomi Watts is shooting stuff. He's, you know, he shot his stuff. He did it in two weeks. Now he's going home. And all he knows is he made a rear window type movie where he was the bad father. And they were actually going to go into depth with what the daughter was doing, but they don't. It was something else. And he had to watch it. Like he had to sit there in the theater and be like, Oh my God, I was, I was in breaking bad. I was in the wire. Oh my God. I raped my daughter for this. Oh my God. (laughs) This movie's bad on almost every conceivable level. Besides, I guess the performances, which were good, but it's like, it's not something I take note over like this entire, this terrible writing. Like the performances in this movie do not overcome its problems. The bad outweighs the good, but it's such a wide margin. Like it's uh, unbelievable. It, the, the problems are, are on script level. They built a very, very fine house, a fine looking house filled with great things like the it looks fine the sound is fine it's not an ed wood movie like the actors are all doing well the lighting is cool there's some great shots in it um but they built a nice house on quicksand there's no like from the script from the bottom up it was never gonna work structurally this thing sucked it was never gonna stand never and they built it anyway it's amazing it's not even like a house made on sand it's like a house made of sand it's like a house built upside down on sand like why <laughs> this is quirky and then you get inside and you're like oh this none of this makes sense and we'll see yeah like right if it was right side up it'd be good but it's not i have to bend over like look at it i'm dying in a mistake that's uh that's, i guarantee you that's what people felt like who were in this movie watched it were like, oh my god, I am I am going down with this shit. This sucks. But um, yeah, like this there are movies that look worse than like if we were doing an asylum movie, this tops that. I would like just out of just curiosity, this looks better. I would I would watch Naomi Watts any day of the week. I love Naomi Watts. She's been in some David Lynch movies. Like she can carry a movie of uh, that's weird and odd and crazy. Like I bet you she went into this and she was like, this is weird and odd and crazy and I can own it because I see the mother in her. And she sells it. I see Dean Norris selling it. Like, the the kid who sucks and is a dick would go on to be the lead in It. And he's great in It. He's, he's I mean, I've seen him. Oh my God, that's right. He's Bill in It. He's not a bad actor, just the character is a dick. He's a dick. And the movie is glad he's dead. And it makes the point in its very last scene. What are you doing, movie? Bad I take away your Star Wars. I take away your Star Wars. Take away your Star Wars forever. <laughs> Not mine. Colin Trevorrow. That's Apparently an idea 
apparently an idea of, of um from Conservaro's episode nine made it into Galaxy's Edge. Uh, um, it was uh, Kylo Ren's uh, ship. That that's uh, apparently in Galaxy's Edge. So that's a thing. So something survived. Um, I'm sure other things survived too, but like. You watch. I hope to God I don't see any of that in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, it's in and it. I'm gonna know it's there. I'm gonna know too. Avoidable. But this is why I think that Abrams. This is why I like Abrams. Abrams is a plate safe guy. He's a populist. I'm sure he looked at this and he was just like, uh, "I'm gonna fix some of this." And then they fixed some of it. Like the producers seem to probably tinker with this to the point of like bringing in J.J. Abrams and fixing it. And if whatever he does makes a product that people enjoy. And that's the thing that they like looked at to make them go, ooh, we want to bring him to DC. Then sure. But um Yeah, this this guy. Wow. Crazy. That the fact that he thinks that he can like uh, it's just like, yeah, you know, he, he can make good stuff. It's just the stuff he wants to make is shit. <laughs> Insulting shit. It is pretty insulting. Uh, um, okay, dude. Okay, let's. Do you think we've like? Also, one more thing. One more thing. We forgot about the talent show itself. So, Peter. Rapping. Peter. Peter. Freaking Peter. Oh right. Yep. The magic trick. Oh, this is a lesson yeah. in imagery, people. He said he was going to summon the spirit of Henry right before us as a chest. Oh God. And he oh. opens the chest. Nothing comes out. Then he's like, he kicks it. And then it sprays, like, the white powder stuff everywhere. So, even, okay, on a surface level, even on a surface level, you are yeah, openly stating, you are openly stating he just spread his, his ashes over everyone. Here's the thing. Um, God. Here's the thing. Symbolically, if I was there, there's there's almost no other takeaway when you think about it. Then yeah, he just be gagging. Brothers, like he symbolically spread his brother's ashes. Here's the thing that the movie does wrong, which I think is hilarious. What he's doing is calling back to what his brother did in the hallway for him. Yeah, creating that. But that's only for him. No one in that fucking audience knows about that memory. <laughs> no one knows what you're talking about. Now they think you're spreading ashes. You should have read your brother's book and shot Gene in the head. It wasn't Gene, it was Glenn, actually. I just remember oh, that it's Glenn. <laughs> I really didn't want because yeah, they don't give him a lot of time. No, I don't. Um, but it's so the main villain, the main villain of the movie, they'll <laughs> give him a lot of time. Is he though? It sounds like, the, oh god, I don't know. It sounds no, like the main. Colin Trevorrow, Derek Connolly. No, dude, not, like, even, not even. No, that's Stephen Horowitz. Story. It sounds like Henry is the problem because, like Henry, <laughs> the, only good thing that, the only thing, the good thing that Henry did was that he discovered his neighbor was getting abused, and he told other people about it and tried to tell other people about it. But the moment his mother knows about it. It, everything that she does, she doesn't need Henry. Henry's just like, 
an like a guy that wants you to murder people. That's what that is. Like he's the he's the he's the little he's the dark passenger in her Dexter. Like just at that point, she can just go help people like that and help the little girl. In fact, she does. Like she that's how the movie goes. If you just take away that plot, she helped that little girl, and your little dick son did the only good thing, which is tell you about it, and then died. And you know that that's good because of how the movie tells you it's good in the last scene. Yeah, the, the, he's the villain. He's the, the he does like he treats everyone like crap, and the world is better without him. So it's just oh my gosh, what a mess! We didn't even cover the scene where he bursts into the principal's office. <laughs> and threatens to turn in his badge because it just makes the whole principal thing I don't want to think about that because my head hurts what is that what are you saying with this woman that she needed to see this girl dance you just needed to look at this girl's face like what I don't get it what what made you think in that moment that you had clout then to surpass the commissioner of the police if the whole point was you just made another account of it then like it was just too many accounts all all he really had to do was just tell people about it and then people could investigate it for themselves and look and just sort of like no the whole point is too many people spoke up not how many not like where they came from so the the principal deciding the moment that this girl does her dance that's just crazy that's crazy town that's a bad that's a bad thing ah Ugh. Especially when the only thing you hired that actress for is dancing, who's most famously known for Sia's music videos and dancing with like Shia LaBeouf. Like she's a famous dancer. That's kind of how she was getting roles like this. But like, you only put her in the movie to dance. She doesn't talk. She's just a dancer. And for this moment, for the principal to realize, yeah, this is a, I'm getting molested by my father. Dance. I'm going to call the cops. Bad movie. Oh boy. Play your Star oh, Wars. Oh boy. Take away your keys to Star Wars. He totally, he totally dropped the keys to the kingdom. Whoo! All right. Do we give it anything higher than an F minus? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's the same thing with Catwoman. Like. Uh, there are things to like about it. Like, it's not like I want you to think about Ed Wood earnestly because like, or Asylum movies, those are bad. We would really be wasting our time with that. But like, there's like, they spent money on this. There's like, there's some good shots. Jacob Tremblay is not bad. Naomi Watts, like there's some things to look at this and see merit. People came into work that day and they tried to do something. And at the end of the day, you can kind of, you can kind of make out what they were trying to do. There's a, there is some artistry in this piece of shit, for sure. But I, I, it's not like Asylum where no one cares. The actors just gave up. The producers gave up. And they're cash grabs. This isn't a cash grab. This is everyone earnestly thought they were making something pure. And that was a mistake. And, and, and a really, really, really bad mistake. Not, it's not even entertaining to watch more than once. Just why was this made? Everyone, we need to. It's a car wreck. 
you look at the car wreck and you're like, wow. All right, let's go. You don't want to think about the end result, but as human beings, we can't help but look at the car wreck. Um, I would say D. I'd say D. I think Naomi Watts is good throughout. And I think everyone, I think all the performances are enough for me to go, okay. Because everyone's gone on to do great stuff. And everyone's doing like earnest work here. And that's enough for me to be like D. F. I I give it a failing grade. I give it a failing. Because of that argument, I'm not going to give it a sloppy F minus. You give it an F. Dude, I'm telling you, there's worse out there. It's just my mind can't wrap around just the idiocracy, and they think they and they. The worst part is they think they 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 like they're honestly convinced that they got that they nailed it. They're proud. Their dog's bringing in a dead bird as a gift. I was like, that's gonna give me cholera. What's wrong with yeah. you? But I gave you gift. Gift gave treat now. Star Wars. You just brought AIDS to my door. No. Treat? Babies? Star Wars? No. Aw, I'm gonna wipe my ass in your rug. Uh, so, um, the Book of Henry, everybody, don't see it. Um, yeah, no, like, I think it's, like, I think if you are really interested in, like, this to me is like Batman vs. Superman, Zack Snyder, you could form an entire, you could inform an entire three month course on how to not make a movie just based on the decisions in this movie that kind of bad it's like every scene offers you something to boggle your mind over um but also it's it's nothing more than that it's not an entertaining drink with your friends type thing it's not where every single like it's more infuriating you feel like it's you feel stupid like it thought you would love this the fact that people thought you would love this is just dumb. No, we're not stupid. Yeah. I feel, I feel like the people who made this earnestly felt like they were making something, but that the people who would watch it and love it are stupid. Because that's the thing about filmmaking. It's manipulative. You're yeah. supposed to manipulate people to feel certain emotions, to not care about, like how big of an asshole someone was before they find their love interest at the end of the movie. Like that's why Wolf of Wall Street and like, um, God, for, like it's whatever, but like a lot of more Martin Scorsese movies is like there. The point is, is you are captivated by the performance. You are interested in the person. He's very interesting to watch, but they're not good people. And that's the point. And he's using the power of cinema on both ends of that scale. And that's just like not happening here. It's not bad. So <clears throat> we got a wheel to spin. We got a series wheel to spin. Oh, do you have any series wheel to spin? You first. I have one. No, you should go first because I think I, I, I want to juggle my head two okay and i want to hear what you have and i'm going to pick one when i'm done okay first off i have to make sure it's still a, i have to make sure it's a viable option here just a second 
Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. This is the one I want to do. Okay, so I my initial one, not going to lie, was uh, uh, John Weck. Because um, now there's three? Yeah. Now there's three of them, and it's eligible for the series. Will, but there's a fourth one coming, I think, maybe... Um, 2021, I think is what they said. Um, but, uh, right now, I'm, I think I want to table that for later. So I picked one. Oh, <laughs> oh baby. I picked one. Um, I think it's six movies long. As of now, whether uh, they make more is up to them. But uh, Resident Evil one, no, the one that I want to go with. Mm-hmm. WWE Studios, The Marine. Oh no! Oh no! It starts with John Cena, then it no. goes to Ted DiBiase's son, and then it goes to The Miz. Oh, for no. four movies. Oh. Yeah, I think that's the one I want to go with. We don't have enough bad ones on here. How many um, episodes have you watched? I've only watched the first one. With John oh, no. oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, Chris. No. You, this is going to be... You're going to regret this more than I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't care if it's my DCEU. I don't care. I don't care right now. Uh, we ha- we were gonna do the DCEU because it's just it has to be done. Yes, <laughs> one of the most important series of our generation. It's also yes. mostly shit, and it's gonna get the worst out of me in the best way ever. Like I enjoyed tonight. Like I'm never gonna see this movie talk about it again. But I had like a. That's the point. Um, but. Oh, man. Directed DVD action films. All right, cool. Um, I was going to go with the Once Upon a Time in Mexico trilogy. Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Damn right, Chris. The El Mariachi trilogy. The Man with the Guitar. That's what I want. Hmm. Uh, Mariachi, Desperado, and Once Upon a Time in America. So there's one... Mexico, sorry. So you said it was Desperado, El Mariachi, and Once Once Upon upon a Time time in Mexico? Yes. Okay. Oh, Robert Rodriguez. He did Desperado. Interesting. Oh, but I gotta watch him a crackle. Son of a biscuit. Um, I can watch Machete. <laughs> Is it better? Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Um, okay, let's flip. You want to flip a coin, or do you want to? Either one. Do? Either there's one. Because okay. there's only two, and if you have a coin, we can go that route. I have. A, I have a coin. Let's find out. Okay. Heads, the Marine. Oh my gosh. Heads, the Marine. 
I've been watching Tales. Death for, for a while, but this Marine stuff. I feel like it's just. I feel like it's just it's gonna bring the trilogy. War, I feel like it's gonna bring the worst out of me. El Mariachi. El Mariachi. Heads. Yes. Heads. Yes. 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 Oh. Yes. Yes. Yes! We're you putting the Marine on the wheel! Let's go! I feel like you're not. We're not. We're not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to enjoy this one bit. Um, okay. Let's go to the wheel now. God. Thanks. Oh, boy. The I'm wheel. I'm, I'm the. <laughs> Like, it's on. Oh, God. Like, um, okay. it's not going to be Rainbow. It's not going to be Rainbow. Definitely not. No, they're going to be bad. They're going to be bad. They're going to be really, they're really bad. Because their WWE and Vince McMahon treat these fucking employees like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Have you even seen Sinu Eva? They made a wrestling penguin surfing movie. Chris, what did you do to us? We're not doing that. We're doing the Marine. No, I'm. You know I'm going to watch that, and you know I'm going to have to spend time telling you about what happens in that movie and what I saw. And you it's know, it's better than just... it's better than me watching it. It's better than me watching it. Of course, it'll be better than you watching it. Of course, it'll be more entertaining. Anything will be more entertaining. Anything. Okay. Well, do it because you're making me watch Surf's Up, and Surf's Up has a sequel that it brings back John Heater as the chicken. So. That's enough for me to say it's canon. All right. Um, the series on the existing wheel are as follows. Terminator. The DCEU. The Matrix. Indiana, Indiana Jones. The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Pirates of the Caribbean. Fast Remember, you did Book of Henry. Say what now? You did Book of Henry as well, so. <laughs> it did. Uh, that was, yeah, it was my idea. Um, Fast and Furious. That would be great. Be great. Burton's Batman, 30th anniversary. That'd be very timely. Um, Mission Impossible. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That'd be good. Rocky. Um, including Creed. Um, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Not the amazing Spider-Man. Um, Die Hard. That'd be great. Um, that, ends, that ends in such a whimper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Evil Dead. Um, Back to the Future. Love the first one. Um, the... Cornetto trilogy. Uh, uh, I, I kind of hope for that. Kung Fu Panda. Um, Daniel Craig's Bond. You should have brought How to Train Your. You should have brought How to Train Your Dragon to the table. Oh man, you're right. Damn. Ugh. Now I got you to regret it. Yes. Now you feel no, how I feel. We're not, back. <laughs> we're not going back on it. We're not going back on. It. No, we can't go back. The decision's done. That's the point. Decision's been made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you Ruth Goldberg did. We're gonna get those pictures falling off on the door. 
No, they're going to be dumb. It's going to be great. Um, Daniel Craig's Bond. Yeah. Only the odd-numbered ones are good. Uh, Mad Max. One day I'll get you to watch them Roger Moores. Yeah. Uh, Mad Max. Yeah, all four. And Lethal Weapon. Those movies end weird. Dude, I'm nervous. Oh, man. I have to... I'm just gonna... I'm gonna sit back before I actually press this button. You know what I think is really funny? We totally just, like, gave up on X-Men the same way, like, the world gave up on X-Men. Yeah. How timely. We'll go back, I think, one day, but, like... One day, but not now. All collectively said we're done. Yeah, those episodes are lost to the ether. Um... It's going to be a while since I ever get, until I ever get, like, the urge to watch those movies again. Yeah. I still haven't seen Dark Phoenix. I need to fix that. I need to see how this ends. Um, it's a whimper, not a bang. Okay. Dude, are you ready? Because I'm about to press this button, and I'm so nervous. Cornetto or Fast and the Furious. Those are my get. Those are my uh, hopes. DCU, actually, or, or Mission Impossible, yeah. Why do you want DCEU so bad? I don't know. I'm a masochist. I feel like I feel like I feel like being a masochist. Fair enough. It's gonna. It's gonna. Just not with Star Wars. Um. Oh. Okay, you ready? I'm about to do this. Day. It'll come. Like Sandy, not the holiday special. Shut up, 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 shut up. Okay, you ready? I'm about to do it. Happy Life Day, everyone. Wow, that oh sounds like a real Oh my god, what's it gonna be? I can't walk. forgettable uh so we'll like come back to new stuff this is great i'm watching naomi watts throw the gun off the bridge and i'm like this <laughs> <sucks."> <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> um mission possible is gonna be great oh my god guess what i'm gonna do i'm gonna end it on collateral baby that last one i'm gonna end- watch collateral <laughs> we already did collateral come on dude i know but i'm gonna watch it again because that's the whole point i'm gonna talk about it as if it is Ethan Hunt's last mission. Oh my god, dude. Oh my god, I'm so happy. We do <laughs> It's like it really is like Russian roulette. <laughs> Except there's good stuff in there. It's like it's like a 15 round revolver and like it changes between like a bullet and a jolly rancher. You know? 
still think Mission Impossible is a Charlie in your brain. <laughs> no, if you put oh. it in your mouth. Oh, okay. Yeah, just shot it right in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Oh, oh I'm dude. Just saying, I'm just saying, we're the guy in the way of the gun, putting guns in a pillowcase, spinning it around, hoping for the best. I mean, like, look at the bu- look at the bullets that we that we dodged in here, like Terminator and DCU. Like, there are some gems in Terminator, but the, the did just dies quickly. The the fact that you haven't seen T two is enough. Like, no, I have seen T two. I thought you hadn't seen T. No, I have seen T two. So have you seen both of them? I think I've seen the first. No, I have not seen the first one all the way through. I've seen okay, something the, of the first. I've seen T two. The first one is important. The second one's the best, yeah, for sure. And then like, third one's a joke. The fourth one is just awful. And the fifth one is like an embarrassment. Um, it, it, it's the nephew no one talks about. Mission Impossible. Thank you, God. Not, not a not a bad one in the bunch. It's like six solid films. This is our redemption, Alex. This is a redemption for Transformers. This is it right here. I think this is high quality stuff for sure. All of these films are great filmmaking. Um, uh, I think for me, the 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 difference when it comes to trans like the real thing that's going to hit me for Transformers is going to be Fast and the Furious because I feel like that's dumb action popcorn cinema done right. That is masculinity done somewhat right, like way better than the Transformers stuff. Like that to me, like says. That's just way more entertaining bro stuff than Transformers is just toxic. Um, this is elegant to me. Mission Impossible movies are elegant. They are craft 101. Like ever, I, I get to talk about Brian De Palma, dude. I think the first movie is... A, I, it, it, it is the one that every other one has to live up to. Even Fallout. Fallout still has to live up to the first one for me. The first one is impeccable. That is a... That is a unbelievably crafted film. Um, <clears throat> two, you know what? I keep saying there's not a bad one in the bunch, and it's only because I keep forgetting how embarrassing two is. Two is going to be great. We get oh god, you know what? This is going to be fun. Two is real bad. I feel bad. John Woo is great, but two is bad. We did face off. They swapped faces. In face off. Yeah. They swapped faces. Who? Um, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I wonder if that director would produce a good Mission Impossible movie. Oh, no, he didn't. That sucks. Um, that's America. Like, he did like two more films. <clears throat> like, I'm done with America. Whoa, that's an ad. Uh. I get to watch. I you know I watched them all recently, like last year, and I still am excited to watch them again. Oh man, dude, I'm so hype! Man, I really thought I really thought we were gonna have to bite a serious bullet with the DCU, but oh man, I live for this. This is adrenaline. Dude, I can't wait for Fast and Furious. That's the one I'm the most excited for. This is like great. I, I'm super excited for this, but like, 
I think there's just an, oh god, there's just so much in that series. I can't wait. Um, but this is amazing. I love I love Brian De Palma. I think J.J. Abrams made a good movie. No one really talks about Brian Bird's live action movies that much, but most people think that Rogue Nation is perfect. A lot of people think that's the best. Maybe he didn't do Rogue Nation. No, Ghost Protocol. Most people think Ghost Protocol is like the one to live up to. They think that's like that's the best one until Fallout came out. But no, it's all about one. Like I think Ghost Protocol is amazing, but no one really talks about like Tomorrowland or any of his live action stuff. What's up with Brad Bird? And we get back to Chris McGuire. Dude, I am so hype. Oh, dude. It's Mission Impossible. Oh, man. That's like the last one I would have actually... That's actually the last thing I'd actually... I actually expected. Actually. Um, even with even with Kung Fu Panda on there. Like... Really? I think, I think Mission Impossible was like the last one I'd, I'd expect for us to get. I, dude, I completely forgot about Terminator. If we had landed on that, it just would have been such a like, gut punch. Like, who would have enjoyed the first two movies, but... I think the third one has some funny things that we... I think the third one is, you can laugh at it. But the fourth one, I just think it's kind of a slog. And the fifth one is, again, an embarrassment. Like, that's going to be crazy to get through. It's going to be a crazy movie. But no, we get to watch Mission Impossible. Man, we dodged up. Bullet. Dude, we dodged many bullets. We dodged a lot of bullets. Like, I would have had to defend um, Pirates of the Caribbean. That would not have been good. Um, no, dude, the Marine. That's the one that I'm the most curious about and the most skeptical about now. But now it's in the chamber. It wasn't in the chamber before. No, no. It's in the chamber before, before. we get. It's going to be a while before we get to it, like a series again. We have to do six up, and then we got to do the other ones. But like, I have no idea what this movie. I'm gonna look into him. I'm gonna look into him, man. I want to know what you got us into with that. Uh, But no, like you're like DCEU. That's that's gonna be. That's the toughest. That's the toughest ball to swallow, right there. Ah, yeah, yeah. I think Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman together are... That's going to be a hard watch. I think it's going to be a hard two weeks. That's going to be a hard two weeks. It's going to be a long-ass episode. Uh, I, uh, Suicide Squad, I think, is just like... I think that's like... I think that'll test our patience for sure. And then it'll get fun. That's the thing. The DCEU is going to end fun. Yeah. So like we'll shoot ourselves, and then we'll be in the hospital, be clinically de- um, declared dead for like a bit, and then we'll come back to life, and then we'll be all, yeah, I'm fine. This is fine. Everything's still messed up, and it's still a mess, but I'm fine. Looks great. Yeah, we'll so we'll talk. We'll be like archaeologists who get like enchantresses put in our body, and then we'll dance for a while, and then we'll be fine. I hate the DCEU. Um, <laughs> I'm glad they're fixing it. Glad they're fixing it. Um, okay, so <laughs> next time, the uh, uh, 
we start a new adventure, everybody, with Mission Impossible. Brian De Palma. Do you, uh, do you know anything about him? No, actually, I don't. Uh, You've obviously then he directed the first one. I have seen the first one. No, actually, I've seen the, the the latter half of the first one. He he's one of the most important thriller directors of the last twenty thirty years. He's he's I gone just, downhill. He's gone downhill uh, over a little bit, but like in the seventies and eighties, he was he was the king. Okay, well <clears throat> there you go, everybody. We're doing Mission Impossible next. So the wheel was nice to us after we just went through Book of Catwoman. Uh, uh, oh man. Tintin was exactly what I thought it was going to be a mess. It just sort of like was a fart, just sort of a. Even looked great, besides somebody's face. And. Oh, no, I'm talking about the episode in general. Like, I. Oh. I was the only one who seemed to be like a. Like, I, and I'm telling you this because I literally tried for a long time to look for, like, things to talk about. But yeah. Just when you put it on the wheel, I was like, oh, well, okay. That's Did I put it on the wheel? I thought it was Zach who put it on the Zach, wheel. Zach put it on the wheel. But like, yeah. Of course. Just once it was on the yeah. wheel, I was like, man, it's like Surf's Up. Surf's Up is that. You're that. I'm going to put that there for you. Blame that for you. Well, I'm texting Zach, or texting uh, the, the group chat. I think he's going to be so-so. He seems to, like, be hit or miss on Mission Impossible. The Marine shall take its place. <laughs> that, I don't know how he's going to feel about that. I just, I wish they'd make another raid. Well, they're going to do that with um, Joe Carnahan. No, they're remaking the raid. I know. That's what I meant. No, but I can't, if they don't make a raid three, then it can't go on the series wheel. Oh, that's right. And I have to go time, <clears throat> but I guarantee you, you're gonna have to politic your way to get that get that money. No, dude, it's super simple. I'm just gonna keep offering them until it goes on. But like, I have to do one before two. That's the thing, and two is what I want to get to. Two is like, I people love the first one, and they think it's like a tighter, better movie. And I and I hear that argument. It's like John Wick one. It's a tighter, better movie to a certain extent, but like. I love the world, I love the character, I love what you're doing, and I want more. Just give me more in excessive amounts. It's To me, Raid 2 is the T2 of action movies. Okay. And T2 is... Alright, everybody. <laughs> Alright, everybody. It's the Mission alien. Impossible. <laughs> Mission Impossible. And uh, we'll be back with that n- next episode. So catch us then if you can. Um, okay, everybody. Good night. Get your mom to get someone to catch a bullet. <laughs> Have them write DCU on it before you swallow it. Um, oh my God, you're just or, a Zack Snyder. <laughs> or just write Zack Snyder.
find her on the better. You're just a child. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Later, everybody. Say goodbye, Alex. My Superman snaps next. Me. <laughs> My Batman kills. <laughs> well, he always killed. <laughs> <laughs>